Howdy, folks. How are we doing? It's another episode of the Common Chaos Podcast, your one-stop shop for that beautiful balance of chaos and order, baby. That is right. Once again, I am here to discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly. Whoo! I like to call those the nuances to life, and we face those from time to time, and I'm just here to give you my perspective, and hopefully it can give you guys a little bit of a, I don't know, a little bit of a dose of something to wake you up, a little bit of a pick-me-up whenever you decide to listen to the podcast. I hope you're ready for this one, because it's a doozy. It's actually coming to you in two parts. That's right. My good buddy Khalil Kennedy sat down with me. Khalil is a teacher. He is uh, a jiu-jitsu buddy of mine. We met in jiu-jitsu. He is a break dancer. He is a phenomenal human being, and I say that with utmost respect. This gentleman handles 12 and 13-year-olds, 14-year-olds on a daily basis, and is doing so with the most passion I've ever felt somebody do so with. And I have I have probably a dozen friends that are teachers, legitimately. I have a lot of friends that are teachers or educators and this man does it with a passion that I have not felt before, and he he speaks to that and shows examples of that and shares that in this podcast, and I was humbled and honored to have him on, man. It was so good. Here's a little bit of a, uh, of a preface or a warning for you. We were a little stony baloney. We got a little out of the realm of, how would you say order like we were uh, this was a chaotic episode but um it's it 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 works well in two parts so i did i I split it up i gave you guys part one and part two part one's going to feature all the reads and all the sponsor ads which i'm going to get to here in just a second part two you're just going to cut right into it it's going to be the episode that follows i believe this is episode 84 if i'm not mistaken 85 is going to be part two um and we've decided that we didn't even crack the surface on what we really wanted to talk about so uh, we're gonna make this a series, the Khalil Kennedy series. Uh, we'll call it something. I'm, I'm gonna name it something, and then, you know maybe we'll give it a special page, or we'll wrap it up with like a couple blogs or something. He's he, me and him have been talking about different things we we want to do and different angles we want to approach, and just seems like a good time overall. Um, so yeah, we're gonna definitely do a couple more episodes here soon and talk entertainment, music, all the good stuff. You know, we got kind of deep on these on this first one first part one and part two and uh i mean it was great but we gotta you know now we gotta let loose and talk some shit if you know what i mean you know actually talk on some relevant shit that you guys are gonna find funny and engaging and uh you know want to want to uh want to laugh at and listen to as well right we got deep in this one and you guys are gonna get a lot of introspective and deep thoughts from me and him you guys are gonna get a lot of discussion and a lot of back and forth on ideas and different philosophies and he's fucking such a smart dude man he was pulling people's names out of the back of his head and we were going in on just a bunch of different shit so i i I know you guys are going to enjoy the episode um i don't think i need these (laughs) let's see how we do uh, but yeah, so here's part one for you guys real quick on the reads. Uh, as always, the podcast is brought to you by Fightback CBD. You know the drill. You can save 20% by using the promo code chaos on checkout. Uh, I have said way too many, way too many things about Fightback CBD and I will continue to say them so you guys can just get used to it. Uh, they have sponsored the podcast from early on. I've had Justin on before episode 59. If you guys want to get deep into this man's soul, he is another one of those loving and caring human beings that I can't talk enough about. Uh, 
and you're not only getting a phenomenal product in Fightback CBD, but you're also donating to a good cause. Portions of the proceeds that he makes uh, off of his products, obviously, go to help helping sponsor people in recovery or rehabilitation. Uh, he is an advocate of helping people start that journey and start that path. He has endured it himself, and he talks about it with with pride. And he just he is truly about helping people and taking care of them. And he does so by sponsor i'm telling you guys he takes care of people that are just in you know that that truly need it and he really is looking out for his brother and his his fellow man be it be it a sister or a brother man he's looking out for you and he's a great person to reach out to if you need help or guidance in with yourselves or someone that you know uh you know that needs help on the path of recovery or needs to get sober or needs to get clean in any way he's he's a great resource check out fight back cbd on instagram um, Facebook as well, and definitely check them out at fightbackcbd.com. Save twenty percent on the literally the best CBD tinctures you can get out there. He's got uh, bat bombs. He's got roll-on applicatures, applications. I don't know how you say it. Uh, yeah, it's late. Uh, he's got it all, baby. And uh, phenomenal rash guards. He's got a ranked rash guard series right now with uh, some rage comics on it, and he's got uh, he's got a dope hot pink one that I'm gonna be rocking here as soon as I can. That's my first rash guard I'm going to wear as soon as I can get back on the mat, which is hopefully here in a couple weeks. Uh, so shout out to Justin Hall, all this phenomenal shit. Again, you guys can save 20% by using the promo code CHAOS. Check him out, fightbackcbd.com. You can also get 15% off of your products at phoenixfit.com. That's right, America's fastest rising uh, apparel and uh, athletic wear brand, supplement brand. These guys are doing it all. They've got your gym gear, they've got your apparel to look fly, and they've got your supplements, and they've got your uh, equipment to get to get in shape. They've got weight vests. They've got your gym bags. That I mean, I've taken uh, I've taken all my shit in my Phoenix Fit gym bag. It's a tight fit sometimes, you know, but it it is my go-to like literal gym bag. It's got my it's got my uh, my weight belt in it. It's got my my shoes in it. It's got my stretch bands in it. That is the bag that I take when I go to the actual like gym, uh, and I carry all my shit in it. My journal, all that shit, and it is fucking rugged, heavy duty. I fucking love it. Their proteins are phenomenal. Everything is non-GMO. They've got vegan product or uh, yeah, vegan products. They've got uh, dairy-free products. They've got all the shit that you guys want. All the shit that you guys need. An Alpha Brain component uh, called Refocus. Uh, their pre-workout is some of the best best pre-workout I've ever taken. And they have a non-stimulant version. They also have CBD products, and you guys can save fifteen percent on all their shit by using the promo code Chaos F N X. That's right, Chaos. FNX at checkout, and you can save 15%. If you order $100 or more through phoenixfit.com, you get free shipping. And check this out you're also giving to a good cause. They have the Live Free program, uh, which allows uh, people around the world to get access to clean water, clean drinking water. Every purchase, not every product. Mind, I, I, I've said purchase in the previous reads, and I think I should somewhat, like change it to every product. But it's for every purchase is how they say it. For every fucking purchase, every item that you purchase, a gallon of water gets donated to the Live Free program, which is uh, a program that donates to children in need around the world, people in need around the world, not just children, uh, that gives them access to clean drinking water. And uh, I mean, there's over 11 million people in the world that don't have access to clean drinking water. Uh, and it's real important. And this podcast alone has been able to donate over a thousand gallons. Phoenix Fit 
has donated over 600,000 gallons of clean water. That's over half a million gallons. These guys are killing it. Again, uh, one of the fastest gyms and uh, or fastest, I mean, a supplement company and a gym. They're both. They have gym a gym headquarters and gyms that they're popping up around the U.S. And their supplement company, they're fucking blowing up. They have an ambassador program that's crazy, which is what we're a part of. So they help support the podcast. Um, and all you, all their products are made here in the USA. So it's all fucking right here, homebred baby, homebred and homegrown. You can save fifteen percent on anything and everything from the Phoenix Fit website. Check it out, PhoenixFit.com. Chaos FNX is your promo code. That's it. As always, you guys can check out the podcast at commonchaos.net. If you like it, give it a share. Please leave me a review. Send me a message. Engage with me. You know I love it. Check out the Instagram and the Twitter at The Common Chaos. You can check out my personal ones out of Brian of Death. Uh, Khalil Kennedy is Khalil.Kennedy on his Instagram. Uh, you can also hit him up through my Instagram. Uh, yeah. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. Don't forget to listen to part two and get your asses ready for the weekend, baby. I assure you that hell is not a myth. We both vacation. Hell is not a myth. We feel about real high. <laughs> Before we, <laughs> before we got on this podcast. Oh, yeah. Does, are you worried about anybody listening? or No. No? Okay. No. Uh, so just go over the formalities while we're, while we're recording so people yeah. can hear it too. Uh, yeah. If you don't want to incriminate yourself or, you know, fucking say some shit that you're going to regret one day, just don't. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man. So Khalil, what's up? This is my friend Khalil, and he's a teacher and a fellow uh, jiu-jitsu practitioner. And well, we've been friends what year and a half year and a half yeah Yeah, two years man um and we've had some pretty interesting discussions where we're like oh shit we're doing a podcast (laughs) yeah uh and we're gonna talk about some uh some pretty deep shit so how are you feeling man i'm feeling pretty good man man you got you saw kate Tronado last night oh dude that was that was an amazing show it was an amazing show he's you know he just has this little bouncy presence, man. That's just yeah. like it almost it almost like blends in with like how he produces, you know what I'm saying? Like he's kinda got that hip hop house fusion thing going on. Well his whole set was like it just made sense, you know what I'm saying? Just <laughs> Where was it at? Um, is it called Stubbs or, or oh, yeah, something yeah. like that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The barbecue joint? Were you inside or outside? I was outside. It was like a theater, man. Yeah, the amphitheater, like, right? Off yeah. of the side? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've been there. There's been like a bunch of shows there. That's like an actual like venue. That's where Rogan and Chappelle did their shows, and they do like a bunch of... Uh, is that you? Yeah, it was me. Dude, you're good. Oh. You are an important man, so... Crunchyroll just, just took oh, out my no. US... Oh, <laughs> no. Just did what? Just took out of my US bank account. Oh, shit. Yeah. What's your favorite... Uh, Favorite anime? Favorite anime? Yeah. Oh, man. Clearly, uh, you have Crunchyroll, so you're on there, <laughs> like, that's your shit, so. Yo, um, it's called Fooly Cooly. Okay. Or FLCL for short. All right, FLCL. And it came out in the early 2000s, and it's, uh, I think it's five episodes, five or six episodes, right? There's not many episodes. It's a timeless anime. Like, you know, it's years down the line, and you can watch it. And still have a hard time 
putting placing it in the early 2000s with with anime just because of how well it was mm. you know um uh that word what do you call created, it created made yes made created okay. yeah but <laughs> you know illustrated what what is, what is yeah, it yeah, illustration yeah uh, animated animated that's animated. the word i was looking for yeah nice <laughs> but yeah no no Love, fully love, coolie. love, fully cool. Have to check it out. I'm pretty excited for the Attack of Titan. They just announced the new season of that, right? Yeah. Um, you see the trailer? Yeah, I did. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, that's. I mean, and I was I was really into like older animes. Voltron, I was really into growing up, mm. and that kind of like I was obviously into Gundam, even though that wasn't technically like I guess anime, right? Yeah. Um, and then like more recent ones, uh, My Hero Academia, obviously, but just kind of like happenstance. Yeah, you know, I, I, I catch it because I catch it. Uh, did you ever see One Punch Man? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool, cool. All right. Yeah. No, not, not a lot because it's an older <laughs> one too, and they, I think it was a short series too. I think it was only like two, like three or four seasons, and each season or whatever was yeah fairly short. So yeah, yeah, cool. So all right, dude. Oh yeah, One Punch Man. All right. <laughs> see, I are so are you like how mar- into martial arts are you? Because I know we were talking Javante Davis is fighting tonight. Mm-hmm. We obviously just came off the the heels of Sergio Pettis with the fucking crazy mm. spinning back fist knockout yeah. of Horiguchi and then Rob Fontenaldo. We can talk about that a little bit. Obviously fights just happened, so we'll probably get into fight talk, but yeah. you know, I, you're associated with uh, Rudy and breakdancing. Rudy is our jujitsu coach over at Violet Crown. Yeah. And so are you also into like other martial arts or have you been in the past? You know? Yeah. Okay. So explain that. man. Okay. Um, Let me hear it. And how does it, I guess, segue to breakdancing? Let's get into the breakdancing too off of that if you can. Oh, man, there's just so much. Okay, all right. So I did karate when I was when I was really little. Like, I want to say nine or ten, and I did it with my uncle. Yep, we all did. And we both, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nine to, like, I was, like, nine to 12. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think mine or was. ten or whatever. I, I only did it for, like, Some a shit. year. Yeah. You know? Oh, okay. I think. Did you get any belts? I think I got the yellow belt with a white stripe okay whatever right. yeah that's that like was. first degree yellow yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i got yeah. an orange but yeah. so one one up if i'm if it's karate if i'm thinking it correctly it was like white orange or white yellow orange i don't even remember all right but yeah it was very entry level but me and my uncle used to throw each other yeah. like you know and and stuff like that's kind of we're throwing a lot yeah that's that's kind of where i got into it <laughs> Um, so fast forward, maybe what, two or three years, you know, I'm at, uh, this place called the Cherokee Recreational Center in St. Louis and I'm playing basketball and it gets heated. Oh no. It gets, it gets real heated. (laughs) And, you know, I'm just seventh grader at this karate boy over here did you bust it out did you bust out a move no man i didn't bust out the karate band (laughs) like this kid was was probably he looked to be maybe a few years older than me and just like you know one of those you you can just size him up just one of those scrappy hood kids that you're just like yep you already know god i really have to deal with this dude so anyways you know but also like i'm i'm not gonna like back down and then he thinks his behavior is like he's just gonna keep punking me yeah you know what i'm saying so you know we we're we're having this verbal altercation and he goes hey yo let's take a great way of putting it at 12 years old or however old you were 13 a verbal altercation he's like he's like yo let's take this shit upstairs 
and at the you know, yeah, I'm new to the Cherokee Recreational Center. I'm like, you know, I bet let's go. Like I thought we were just fucking. <laughs> This never been upstairs. upstairs. Never yeah. been upstairs. Don't know what it is. Don't know what you're walking into. Yeah, man. Oh, you no. know. And so we go upstairs, and there's like a boxing ring. Oh. Right. And there's this old black dude, like just like black Mr. Miyagi, just in the the corner. Oh no. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like so, we. <laughs> no dead ass. Blows the dust off the gloves and hands him to. Same beard, <laughs> like you know, same yeah. So. Oh, we yeah we we glove up um we box and if i remember correctly (laughs) (laughs) if if you know time has not like decayed my memory okay i think i beat his ass oh okay all right right. that i was surprising i thought you were gonna be like from what i remember (laughs) (laughs) i hit him once and then i woke up (laughs) all right so you beat his ass okay fair fair i think i like how you prefaced it with maybe not but you're pretty sure yeah i mean but you know it's 12 year old beaten ass how old are you i think 12 or 13 yeah that young okay 13 maybe um but have you ever heard of like the i want to say you know forgive me if i mess this up it's like the dunning kruger effect or maybe dunning we have a computer what is it dunning kruger yeah let's fact check what's the uh what what are you trying to explain it's like this effect where like the less that you know the more confident you are right and then like uh the the more the more you know you kind of have this dip where you're like okay i don't know anything the dunning kruger effect yeah. In psychology, a cognitive bias whereby people with limited knowledge or competence in a given intellectual or social domain greatly overestimate <laughs> their own knowledge <laughs> or competencies in that domain. Exactly. <laughs> relative to the objective criteria. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so you were spot on with that. So, so this, this fool's got Dunning Kruger. <laughs> <laughs> so suffers I, from the Krug. I got that shit right. bad, right? Cause, oh, you got it. Yeah. Oh, from what? You beat yeah. his ass, I thought. I mean, but that's what I'm saying. You thought you beat his ass. <laughs> maybe, maybe I was just like, you know what I'm saying? So fresh. Yeah. I was like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he was point fighting. Beginners. Beginners. <laughs> beginners luck, maybe. Yeah. Right? Beginners yeah. luck. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, maybe he was used to sparring sessions, and yeah. you were just a real fight. You're like, yeah. He was like, like, "Let's no. go upstairs and like spar, bro, because you need to cool down." And yeah. you were just like, "Nah, some." No, nah, like, I want to fuck you up. Yeah, like, no, you know, we were having a what did you call it? A heated argument, yeah, <laughs> or verbal, a, a verbal argument, disagreement. Yeah, yeah, verbal <laughs> altercation. But so we, you know, after that, I remember it. I guess I did well enough to the point where I wanted to come back and do it more, right? Oh, okay. You know, I didn't get my ass whooped. To the point where I was like, hey, you know, maybe fighting just ain't for me. Yeah, right? right. So I used to go there after school. Um, I would stop there either before I went home um, or I would go there. You know, I'd check in with my mom, you know what I'm saying? Do do some chores if I needed right. to. Yeah. And then, she, you know, can I go to the Cherokee Recreational Center? Cherokee Rec. Cherokee Rec. And, um, you know, I would sometimes play basketball sometimes i would go upstairs and like the older gentleman there i can't i don't i don't know if i ever learned his name or if i forgot no i'm being like dead serious i can remember his face but i mean how did you reference coach dude upstairs yeah black mr miyagi what did you how did you address him (laughs) just like i mean i'm pretty sure i called him 
pretty sure I called him by his name. Or sir or something. Yeah. Maybe it was, yeah. I mean, I, I really wish, maybe Mr. Williams or I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Some old black dude name. Like, you know what <laughs> I'm saying? Just... Like, you know, Mr. Johnson. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I, I don't know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember he taught me how to work the speed bag. Um, dope, dope. You know what I'm saying? Talk to me about positions. Okay. Right? Just very basics. Talk to me about a jab, right? Head movement and shit. Head, yeah. And so... That's legit, man. That's the young age boxing, I think, is really cool. Yeah. Like, if you can get a kid really into boxing, and you're setting them up for shit like that, dude. Any kid wants to try to fuck with them. Yeah. And well, it you're gave giving me... them a skill set that's going to give them confidence and protect yeah. them. More yeah. It, it gave me a lot more confidence to the fact where I didn't want to fight as much. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was like... Isn't that weird how that anger or that aggression, the aggression switch yeah. we have that makes us want to act out and be, like, aggressive, but in unnecessary manners, like yelling at someone over something stupid or well, slamming doors and shit, <sighs> you know? Dude, I think it is the fear of the unknown that makes you that way, right? Mm. It's like, you know, can I handle myself? Can I protect myself? Right. Mm. And then once you find out that you can, you know what I'm saying? Like, not only, it's almost like, you know, you figure out that you can and you almost want to minimize that risk mm. because you know also how deep the waters can go. Yeah. Right. You know, like, I know I can defend myself well against people, but also I'd rather just, like you we know, were talking about earlier. Right. <laughs> yep. I, I know, I know where it could go. I know how it, I've been in, in a situation where I've felt how it could go in, in, in either which way. Right. And it's just like, there's no fear of the unknown, I know. Right. So I don't need to swing on you. I don't need to, you know what I'm saying, try and press that button. Just like, yo, neither one of us want this. Because <laughs> yeah. it's always the, someone's getting fucked up, right? And in yeah. the situations where it does come down to, you having to like defend yourself it is very rarely like when you see street fights or two dudes square up and you're like okay we know this is going to be a couple shots before yeah. someone makes a stupid decision or mistake yeah leaves their hand comes in with their fucking chin up hands down wow. and it's one of those stupid situations unnecessary doesn't need to happen yeah and w nobody gets anything out of that one yeah the other situations are you're using it in real self-defense yeah and ultimately it's the person if you are using it in self-defense it's do or die at that point like you're using it and you are going to successfully defend yourself yeah. or you're not and it's just going to be a bad time because yeah. you're having to defend yourself and it's not something that you brought a, 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 um, you brought upon yourself right if you yeah. and me bump yeah. into each other on the street and I'm like what dog what mm -hmm. and we're bringing we're doing that that's well, it's your fault you did this you, yeah. you brought yourself into the situation you kept antagonizing but if you're coming up and trying to attack me or I'm trying to attack you and your only choice is to defend yourself it's very different yeah yeah it, it, can only, it only goes one way you're successful or not yeah you know? And so, yeah, it's, it's, you know. I think you learn that when you get your ass beat the first time. You probably learn that, especially in the gym. Like, yeah. The one dude that constantly beats your ass that you're never going to beat. And you're <laughs> like, oh, that, there's just some people that will always kill me. There, yeah. There's some people that no matter what, I'll always die. And that's yeah. a shitty fucking feeling. Like, yeah. There, there's always somebody who's going to have your number. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And there's always a circumstance in which even if you are better than someone, they still have your number. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like, there's... It's a completely, you know, immersed experience, right? Mm -hmm. Like your body remembers it, even if your mind, you know what I'm saying? Like fear. That's where fear comes from. Yeah. Anxieties. Oh, yeah. Your, Fuck. your body remembers it. 
and it's not an unknown. It's not like, you know, let me see. I'm curious or even, you know what I'm saying? It's, mm-hmm. it's not, I know. And you know, what's crazy is I'm just yeah. thinking about this now because you're, you're a teacher and in, in some way it correlates, but do you think I, it's, go for it. I think the listeners just learned that I'm a teacher. Maybe. Like, I think I introduced you as a teacher. Oh, did you? Practitioner. I think I did. Anyways, Khalil's oh, a teacher. My bad. My bad, guys. <laughs> maybe I didn't. Khalil's a teacher. <laughs> what, what do you teach? Not a, not a good listener, I guess. No, I, maybe but, I didn't. Uh, I might not have. No. Um, Either way, you're I, a teacher. <laughs> so, <laughs> now, now we know. Or or we knew earlier. I don't know. I'm a teacher. I teach uh, eighth grade social studies. Oh, um, frustrating. <laughs> frustrating <laughs> already. Uh, yeah. Got a lot to talk about there. But uh, do you think it's better to learn? Okay, so let's rewind a little bit. Yeah. Um, It's, there is a point where we do need to find out those limits in ourselves, whether or not we can be tested to certain lengths, right? Yeah. And as we become more competent in those areas, we're not suffering from the Dunning-Kruger effect. (laughs) The more confident we actually are in those areas because of our knowledge, we just, we can see how it's going to go. We can see the circumstance or the outcomes that we don't really want. And nobody really needs, right? Hey, we can solve these with words. Yeah. Do you think that kind of lesson is... The type of lesson when you get fucked up because mm-hmm. you overstepped a boundary or a line and you had that effect where you thought you were better, you know, you underestimated the ability, therefore you went in a little too confident and you got checked, right? Which yeah. happens, can happen to you when you're 12. Yeah. It can happen to you when you're 42 and Facts. you're a fucking loud mouth and in a grocery store, some shit random, right? Yeah. Do you think that's a better lesson to learn as an adult or as a child? Mm-hmm. Or does it even matter? Is that just a lesson that everybody has to endure some point in their lives and to me i i would almost say better when you're younger but i don't know you deal with kids is that something that as an adult we should learn and comprehend a little bit different or do you think as like a kid being tested constantly and all they know is like oh i'm gonna get tested i gotta fight you know we all uh, growing up as kids i feel like the minute you become there's an age where we are, we suddenly start thinking people are judging us and talking about us right and we become yeah. this like ego cent- we become the center of the world we have this ego shift mm-hmm. and as like 12 year olds and 13 year olds we start worrying about our image and what people think and popularity and things like that right yeah so is it good to get that self-check at that age so you can learn it young and maybe divert this weird life of just bad decision making right yeah. or um yeah. that man that's an excellent question uh I think we're continuously learning this in different skills and and assets and, you know, facets of our life. You know what I'm saying? Um, Like, you know, I'm going through that at, you know, 27 with jujitsu, right? Mm. You know, but if I were to get into, you know, another craft, you know, like glass blowing or, or some shit tomorrow, you know, I would go through the same process with that particular, you know what I'm saying? I think, you know, there's like maybe some big facets of life, like, you know, finance or, you know, love and friendships or, um, you know, work-life balance in which you probably need to, you know, fail big early. (laughs) You know, a lesson or two. You know what I'm saying? Um, better, better to you know, fail in some of those aspects in your 
teens and in early 20s than when you're you know 30 or 40 that's true yeah but i mean you know you you learn when life teaches you you know what i'm saying it's true yeah. there is no better teacher than life it's you know like if there is you know a lesson that you need to learn you're going to keep repeating the same mistake over and over and over again until you learn it, you know? So I guess I said to say that, like, th there are some people that will, will there learn. There is that ignorance that, like, where, and people will have it for 10, 15 years maybe where they just don't give a fuck about yeah. anything, right? Yeah. No one gives, they don't give a shit about anybody or anything except themselves. And for whatever reason, they keep winning or they keep, they keep, getting through situations and circumstances where nobody has checked them or nobody has yeah. given them that lesson, that life lesson. Yeah. They haven't, something hasn't happened to them yeah. by circumstance, by, you know, just by chance, you know, and yeah. all of a sudden they're knocked into the realization like, oh shit, I should probably have a better attitude, something like that, you know, and yeah. you could go 40 years and be on a weird rampage of like power because you've never yeah. been checked, right? Yeah. Some people, some people definitely have to touch the fire, man. And that's true that's a very great way to put it you're also there's no better teacher than life like that's the best statement ever and i don't know you could probably stop there right like yeah people are going to learn it when they learn it and if you learn it at five 55 yeah it's just when life brought it to you you just hope that like people maybe recognize that they lack certain things and maybe seek you know if you know you lack it i mean i guess you really don't know until you learn the lesson yeah like i mean i think you know as a teacher that the one of the greatest things i've learned from my students and from teaching is that you know you will kill their learning if you want them to learn the lesson like and that mm -hmm. sounds really counter like it sounds counterintuitive but like every teacher will tell you every teacher will tell you they've experienced this you go in and you're super excited to do this lesson You've done, you know, all the research, you know what I'm saying? You've organized it in a way that is digestible to the students. You've even made it like a little fun, added some references, put it in the game format, you know what I'm saying? Made the notes so easy to swallow, like, you know, digestible. You made little handouts fun. for them. You know what I'm saying? Engaging, yeah. exciting. You, you know, you, 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 you're a cool teacher. They're going to love it. You know, and then that is the exact lesson that is going to burn. Damn. And you're gonna get, you're going to get so frustrated because you're gonna feel like all this effort that you just put into this lesson. It's just like, man, they really do not appreciate mm. any of this, yeah, right? Felt, yeah. Like, and it's not necessarily that they don't appreciate it. It's just you know, maybe at that point in time they were not ready to learn it, right? And I mean, and after a while, you get good at, you know, waiting until they are ready to learn it. And you already have these lessons in the back of your mind. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes, you know, a great lesson on feminism has to happen after somebody just called this, you know, young girl a bitch in the class. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, after it's you know it's appalling there's the been like, after after school special the more you know man like the, <laughs> the, the situation happens and then it's like hey this shit happens 
here's how we get over it and here's how we learn and here's how we grow exactly unfortunately you know it's life this is what it is exactly if if i just randomly walk in and hey hey today i care about feminism i want y'all to care about feminism they're gonna be like what right it's like bro like i just had this shitty school food and my mom yelled at me this morning so fuck off mr kennedy that's what i'm that's what I'm worried see, about. You didn't see the little kid ball up his brother and call him trash? <laughs> you didn't see that you on know. the YouTube? We don't want to talk about feminism right now. Yeah. We don't want to talk about shit. What are you yeah. talking about? Yeah, no. You know, I mean... So, yeah, it, it has to... You know, life has to be ready for them. You know what I'm saying? Like, some shit will happen in class. You know, a kid will get in trouble. And there's going to be a lot of conversation surrounding the issue, right? You know, let's say little timmy just called jessica a bitch yeah and you know some shit spiraled and you know whatever you know it it got solved right right timmy got suspension days or i don't know however the school wants to solve it yeah and now all the kids are just like hmm was that fair right was that too much why is saying bitch such a bad thing why you know and then that is the that is the exact moment in which they're going to be most susceptible yeah to learn because they're curious the curiosity sparks and right they're interested they're engaged they're engaged they have a reason to now be engaged in the situation of the yeah. topic at hand and and as a teacher you have to be able to read those situations not only do you you have to be able to read those situations you have to have a good enough understanding of the standards that you teach and are required to teach and you have to be able to, you know, be able to let go of this, like, I want you to learn this the way that I want you to learn this and when I want you to learn it. Know that, you know, in a lesson, you want kids to take away one or two major points, but they don't have to get everything. They're not going to get everything that first yeah, time. Yeah. They're not going to get everything the first time. It's going to take two or three times and sometimes the, f- the third time is going to be the one where it clicks and they go oh oh shit I, I i really learned you know what i'm saying like i connected this time you know and if you remember that's how you learn too right i mean i was just gonna say uh hold on i'm right now what you said the you thinking that are you wanting the kids to learn the lesson the way you want them to learn the lesson? Yeah. We feel that as adults. You know, we feel that all throughout our lives. It's when we want someone to feel the feelings we want them to feel, love, yeah. accept whatever these weird feelings are, acceptance, you know, we feel it in relationships. We feel it in, uh, you know, whether it be romantic relationships, friendships, what have you. Yeah. Uh, the dynamics can all be kind of different. And I mean, that's a lesson you definitely have to learn, especially when it comes to it being a lesson of learning lessons, yeah. you know, and like this weird fucking, Meta. yeah, some <laughs> stupid way of yeah. just the world, how it works, like lesson, what is a fucking lesson to begin with? Yeah. And it's just sitting there going, all right. And like accepting and learning and yeah, this whole process of understanding, if you want to call it that, why yeah. something is happening or why it's going the way it is. And that's really, I think people that are, you know, that does go back to maybe being checked or go back to having that one moment where you realize, oh, shit, I, 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 I do need to stop thinking my, of myself as this big yeah. 
centric thing, right? Where it's, you're almost forced to do it. Like, it's not like we sign up for it. It's not like we want to have to, and we want it to happen. But when it does happen, it's, we've all been there and felt that when it has happened. We all know what that feeling of learning the lesson and having that bitter taste kind of feels like. Yeah. Right. And you, you can only really hope that people see that as a, like a good value if that's, you yeah. know, I mean, it's, it's important for people to understand their, their, I don't know, what would you call that? What would you call someone that is like, that feels that they're impervious to lessons? Like they can't learn what, like they, or they, they don't need to learn. They know it all or they, yeah. what gives the people that just ridiculous arrogance where they feel like they are holier than thou Yeah. just because they haven't had the, the feeling of someone not feeling what they want them to feel or the feeling of someone not accepting what they want them to accept or maybe them not getting what they want. Yeah. You know, like the entitled kid, the kid that gets everything he wants till he's 15 and all of a sudden starts demanding a car and yeah. all this other shit. And then he goes into college and he becomes this fucking weird man, psychopath. Where he's, I'll, you know, I'll tell you, man, those are the dude the, that's raping chicks behind dumpsters and yeah. thinking he can just get away with it because he got everything. Yeah. The Kyle Rittenhouse's of the world. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. You know, yeah. The, you know, yeah. the, yeah, man, it, it, those are definitely for me some of the hardest kids to teach um because you know um just foundationally there's a a like you know a lack of value for education right i mean it's and not even a lack of value for education a lack of self awareness and 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 understanding of the self that even allows you to access education right like you can have you have to... that at 13 though Absolutely. can you have that as an eighth grader oh really yeah. oh yeah in eighth grade i wasn't paying attention in eighth grade i was like why is my dick getting hard i would i would in like yeah. you know the the eighth grader i don't think appreciates that they're getting information and an education and all these things at their fingertips and they're a part of something that in the long run is beneficial yeah right because and this is going to segue to a lot more questions because I think this is where the topic is going. But yeah. I mean, when you first said it's a foundational thing, I thought you were talking about the development factors because if a kid's mm -hmm. being brought up in a situation where they're not taught like how to appreciate information and what the and learning, right? Like when you learn yeah. the ABCs as a kid, you're like celebrated, right? Oh, you did your fucking ABCs. Good job. Like that's the yeah. whole point of fucking <sighs> learning. And, you know, but if a kid is brought up not even interested in learning, how can yeah. you expect him at 13 to be excited about education? Yeah. You know, man, there's, there's so much to, there's so much to unpack there. I know. Like, it's a lot. I think that, let me start from, you know, there's three different levels in which I could talk about this. There's the interpersonal level, there's mm -hmm. the institutional level and then the structural level, you know, and you know, the interpersonal level is a level that, you know, we could talk about, you know, particularly, you know, kids of privilege who do not come from marginalized groups also, what you see is a lot of times their day-to-day -day interactions don't make them have to be self-aware, mm. right? To not be self-aware is actually a privilege. Right, right. Right? Mm. To not walk into a room and wonder why you're the only one who looks the way you do, <laughs> right? Right. Um, to you know, walk down the street and have 
you know, no fear of your safety. Right. Right. Um, those are all things that it's just like, you know, when you're not marginalized, you know, yes, you are, you know, inheriting a privilege, but at the same time, you're also kind of, I think, you know, denied some of the deep self-awareness that is like, you know, necessary, like in, in life to be successful, right? You have to learn that through some other, you know, venue, right? Mm. Like whether sports or right, a, right. A, a, a bad breakup, you know, yeah. whatever it is that sinks it in for you, where you have to like dig deep into yourself. But I feel like kiddos from marginalized communities, dude, like I was born skeptical of everything, you know, not mm. born that way, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you Your know, environment, everything forced you to take that perspective on life yeah growing up like you know broke in the hood like you know what i'm saying like black right you know like dude all the time i was like you know forced to you know kind of build these tools in order to i don't know like i, I was forced to look into myself all the time mm. right and question and challenge myself against the norms mm-hmm and it always was a positional conversation of like, you know, is this why I am placed in the universe like this? Like, you know, am I, am I making any sense? Like, you are. No, no, no. I was just, I, it's an interest. It's you asking that question of yourself is kind of interesting. I also have like two or three questions yeah. off that I want to ask what you were saying, but I want to let you finish. So go for it. But yeah, yeah. So like, I feel like, you know, People like, you know, kiddos from marginalized communities, they do have like self-awareness. People from like more, you know, privileged communities, a lot of times they do lack that self-awareness, right? Mm -hmm. And that makes it harder for them to learn because when you don't know yourself, you can't relate to anything, right? The, 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 the way you, the way you learn is through making connections, right? Like, that's even like using empathy, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. is, is how we learn, right? That's how language forms, right? Um, you know, in order to deeply understand um, racism, right? In order to deeply understand, you know, well, let's just stick with the racism example. You kind of have to like really want to know or have experienced, you know, what it means to be black right Mm -hmm. if like if you're a white dude who like is deep into like anti-racism or learning about racism or its history right Mm -hmm. it's probably because you have a black friend that you love or care about right or if like you know or have just like empathized with a black person or you know i'm saying like i do and this is i think where my questions come in yeah um First, the how would you just identify marginalized communities? Like, what's your? I mean, because I agree with you there. There I, are many different types of marginalized communities. I mean, it's you know, there's your buzzwords, right? Like you know, race, right, right, sex, gender. Right. 
but I mean, you also have, you know, like, like geographic location. I was going to say, I think a lot of it, circumstantial, right, is terms of like marginalized, but your big ones, your race, your sex, your gender, those are the ones that um, I think are obviously the most prominent, right? But we also have... Ability, age. Yeah, you, you have some other factors in there, and I think that when it comes down to, like, we can't really blame the kids and i don't i don't know why i'm saying that but i'm saying it because it's like i think of being 10 for all these young kid ages right and i look back and i'm just like i don't know if i was a fucking kid bro i don't know what the fuck looking back at how kids are like oh no shit parents are fucking stressed out your kids are shitheads yeah like kids are fucking maniacs right now bro and like but what does that come down to like let's be honest that comes down to a lot of parenting yeah a lot of the environment nature and nurture yeah like that's what really drives developmental behaviors is nature and nurture right i think that's what you know and when we're when we're breaking it down like that you are getting there are the the groups that are going to be more privileged, right? Yeah. And there are going to be the groups that are going to be less privileged. Yeah. And there's going to be the marginalized, non-marginalized, you know, we're going to break it down in those those ways. But, I mean, is it... I mean, that's, that's just complex, right? And you talked about yeah. it being like a lot of different avenues you can go down. What is it that... What is preventing certain groups and certain people from being able to have that empathy, right? Because it's not like, yeah, it's not that, or what is it that's preventing people from having that connection or building that, that eliminating that disparity as to why they matter and not other people, yeah. right? And that's, you know, that's not to say that non-marginalized communities are all bad people right it's just if you grew up with rich in an affluent household right we all that yeah. kid that was the years ago there was the kid that was basically fucking rich right he didn't know what he was fucking doing he was speeding in his fucking car and yeah. killed somebody and he's like i don't know i'm fuck, i could just do that and my parents don't tell me and it's like oh because you're fucking from this community that just doesn't give a shit yeah and like that's not unfortunately as a 16 year old yeah you should have some self-awareness but if you're growing up and you're 12 and nobody's ever told you the difference well what's the difference three years later when you're 15 or 16 and still nobody's telling you the fucking difference right yeah is it i mean those are there's fundamental issues on like a so many levels that aren't going to correct the system right now unfortunately but when it comes to kids learning you do have to have some sort of connection with them that's going to make them want to learn and yes if you do get just completely disinterested kids kids that are in the school or the education system and that they don't want to be there for whatever reason you know it's it's and you can also take it to the other side and say you know kids that are abused at home have no reason or interest to learn or developmental have developmental issues because they're being abused right yeah and they could come from whatever type of community it takes a lot as a teacher to try to connect with kids and teach kids and and yeah reach them on a level to where they're actually interested yeah and then it, again like you said it comes down to their fundamental aspects of wanting to learn and having an education and I mean, is it what boggles my mind? And this is something that I'm only learning recently because of school, and yeah. I had to do behavior classes and shit like that. And 
dude, it's everybody learns so differently, mm. you know, and it's one thing to take a kid that came from a, a life where he's privileged and has never been told no and doesn't have to be told to pay attention and listen and mind your manners and all this shit. You're never going to get that kid to learn if you're not, you know, learn teaching him a lesson or two in the process. Yeah. Like, hey, this is why you don't fucking talk back. And hey, this is why you don't do this. And like, yeah. then he's learning life lessons real quick. But you could eventually teach that kid just as much as you could teach the kid that is interested in learning but maybe has a actual disability right or yeah, yeah. you know it's just about learning how people can develop and how they can learn and you know teachers like we brought this up on yeah. thanksgiving when we were hanging out teachers are not appreciated yeah. on any level so what makes you think that you're going to get a well-qualified and a well-skilled person yeah that's going to be able to teach all fucking 40 kids that they have yeah effectively you know you're hoping that 10, 15%, 20% are taken to what you're saying and then you hope the rest of them are just kind of smart yeah. and they can pick it up along the way, right? If you're, as a teacher, really trying to, to make sure your kids... How many kids do you teach? Um, 30. Yeah. And I, I mean, do I you mean, really feel like you can effectively get sorry, to all of them? And like 30 per class. So, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But your class sizes are 30. So it, yeah. for an hour or an hour and a half, however long your classes are, yeah. you have 30 fucking people you got to make sure are retaining and absorbing and digesting and then also replaying and formulating their own ideas and thoughts and understanding and comprehending yeah really bro yeah i mean we have people that can barely teach a class of 10 yeah it i mean i think you know there before was a, you got this and fucking let's go and let's get out there and be somebody like dude yeah. come on man and you have an hour and a half yeah and then they've got bullies yeah they've got parents that are fucking them up pandemics they got you know they've got pandemics they've yeah. got why does mommy get mad every night yeah why isn't where's my dad when yeah. other people have dads right like other shit that's going on and yeah. they expect one person that who probably the, the parents like how many parents give you respect you know <laughs> like yeah, fuck, yeah. dude there's so much shit that can go into this i mean why it's fucked and it's it gross. it comes down to i mean i mean I'm not going to boil everything down to... No, no, no. I know you're not. I just... But, you know, building relationships, man. Building... I know you also said that there was infrastructure and whatever the other one was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, There's, you know, there's institutional... Or institution and the structure, yeah. Structural, like, I mean, institutional being, you know, the way a particular institution operates, structural being, like, your laws, politics, yeah, yeah. things of that nature. But, you know... um. Which in reality make it make your interpersonal aspect of the of the career worth it, right? Yeah. If you're you're getting paid properly, exactly. you're getting proper coverage, you're getting proper resources, you're actually given the tools and what you need to teach these kids, that would probably help the interpersonal aspect a lot on a lot of different levels. It's there. It's and you're like, probably not getting that either. It's like a yin yang, man, because you know, like, you know. The, the 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 laws and and things like you know like we're in Texas they just banned critical race theory right you know what I'm saying like so the laws make it harder for the interpersonal the interpersonal then thus creates subjects who are malinformed or misinformed right which then creates policy creators and you know you know what I'm saying like it's it's a vicious cycle man but you know um it's as a teacher you you mainly work at the interpersonal level right you, you don't you don't spend much i mean you can 
pro you can you know try and protest against certain things you can try and get rid of school-wide policies such as like uniforms and dumb shit like that but and that's maybe an institutional pushback you can, i was gonna say it sucks that you can speak to this from three aspects right because you're a teacher and you're at the very least involved in all three aspects because you're a fucking teacher but the only way you can effectively do your job is the it's, interpersonal it's the part. personal part it's yeah. the only way you can do your job where you have to in order to do that effectively you have to rely on these other two pieces where you can kind of talk about it it's infuriating. but you don't have any yeah you don't have any pull it's, it's infuriating because <laughs> i can imagine you, bro you go i mean to... it's it's that way it's it's unfortunate because there's it's that way in business and it's yeah. that way in corporations trust i'm a part of it yeah you know and yeah. i can speak to it at other levels yeah but the education system should not be that way because that's the foundation of the future of where we're headed is it not like yeah. aren't we relying on the future brains and the future you know the people that are going to learn and keep the shit together for us to actually stay afloat like that's yeah. what we want to encourage right we want to yeah. encourage the young people to learn and and it sounds like, and you're not my only friend that's a teacher or an educator, yeah. it sounds like it's a fucking bloodbath out there, man. It sounds yeah. like kids don't want to learn. It sounds like that all the shit we're seeing magnified as issues as adults are being bombarded on these kids and they don't even know. Yeah. They're like, they're we're forcing them to lose interest, it almost seems. It's, I mean, like, you're always going to find me kind of in the middle ground, right? right? Like, I yes, it, it is a bloodbath, but let's not act like it always hasn't been a bloodbath, right? Bad, true, right? Like, true. I mean, the, you know, when education first, you know, expanded into like, you know, a public institution, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, I mean, before mostly it was Protestant white yeah. males yeah. Yeah. and it was, and you, you had know, money. you had a nun and you had 75 kids and they taught you the Bible and they yep. beat the shit out of you. And mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, let's not pretend like the inception of schooling in America was founded on anything. Or ever been perfect, because yeah, it hasn't. It's yeah, yeah. Not even perfect. Founded no, on anything. Nowhere near. Yeah. Other than fucking, you know, like. Privilege. Racism, privilege. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 I mean, a lot of people, I you think, know, are shocked like, when you, when like literacy, 400 years ago, 500 years ago, is when everyone started being literate out of. Yeah thousands of years of people being alive like yeah you know fucking 500 years ago we probably weren't reading you know like yeah. it's, it's fucking a shitty thing to think about but it's true and then the education system just spawned from that like you yeah. know people learned because they had the privilege or the they were in the circumstances to where they could learn yeah from whoever was teaching it which is another fucking topic to go down but yeah but i mean history goes to the victors right yeah or exactly fucking... and and so like <clears throat> that's where i'm in the middle where it's like you know Yes, it's a it's a bloodbath. Um, teachers, I mean, how do I put it? Uh, authority in general is under attack, and I'm not mm. necessarily opposed. Right? Oh, I, yeah, I wouldn't. You know, like um, people are questioning the the resolve, the the you know um, credibility of teachers. And I fucking agree, right? Mm -hmm. And I work with a lot of these people, you know. Like, you are one. <laughs> You're I, a I am one, teacher. right? You know, you know, like, and it, that's a whole other thing too. Is how many people are gonna have like pride and and you yeah. know uh, within themselves to to be driven to be a proper representative of what the education system should be, like yeah. a proper teacher. Because how yeah. many teachers are fucking slacking it? Yeah. Oh man. I mean. <laughs> you know, you know I, just like yeah. any other job the yeah. people that are calling phoning it in you yeah. know it's not like 
But just because you're a teacher, what, there's no special power there, right? You hope that the teachers and the educators that are in the system are well-versed and can do it, but in reality, yeah. they're just people. Yeah. I mean, and a lot of a lot of teachers have been, you know, kind of broken by the system, right? You know, it's like they see it as, you know, um, how do you put it? Uh, it's, it's, you know, impossible to manage, right? Being a good teacher, like to, to take every lesson that the state gives you, which is shit right. and make them inclusive, right? Make it culturally representative of like the group you're teaching. Like, you know, bro, you, you teach the Mexican war, the U S Mexican war, how most textbooks and most curriculums want you to teach that to a, uh, a 95% Latin school of course they're gonna fucking shut down on that lesson. I would fucking shut down on that lesson, right? I mean, you teach most of history not including, you know, relevant social figures that are, you know, Asian, black, Latin. Yeah, yeah man, you're 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 minority students, you know. Hell Especially you, now when all they hear is the system's racist, the fucking this and that. Like yeah. Hell, you, you teach, you know, all this, you know, you teach economy political science and all these things and what they're being fed is that man all they have to do is you know uh draw like a fucking dumb digital image <laughs> which is our next topic <laughs> you know what i'm saying and and it's gonna resell for sixty thousand dollars they're like okay why you know what i'm saying let's let's look at this a fucking the world's not gonna exist in like 50 years according to everybody right yeah, man. so why do i give a shit Fuck. right like you have all this kind of i'm saying man it's like a, how do we reach these fucking kids self-help dude? propaganda yeah. you know what i'm saying all you gotta do is hustle kinda, all you gotta do is fucking be an entrepreneur exactly fucking just yeah. do it yo what, fucking do what dude what are you talking about dude, just do yeah. what what do you want me to do <laughs> Yeah. I just don't want to be a fucking. I just don't want to not have money or be a failure or fucking not make it or not have all the shit all these other people have. What Bro, do you want me to do? <laughs> like you know. Oh shit. I'll say this: the entrepreneurs, even that we looked up to, were like you know, maybe I think when I was in uh, high school, you know, the CEO of Facebook, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, um, Warren Buffett. You know, what I'm saying. And then, and then when we talk about like artists, we're looking at like you know, rappers. You know what I'm saying? Um, man, art like you know, painters. Mm -hmm. You know, we had these figures. They have like YouTubers, right? And and professional Damn. gamers. That's crazy to think about. And that is like you know, their idea of entrepreneurship and making money. Who you know the fuck is Mozart when I got a homie over here who's still alive and doing shit and like... Did well, way less work than Mozart. Let's, yeah, <laughs> let's yeah. he's only been popping for a year and he's got real. a shit ton of money and he's dope now. Let's be real. And, and you know, wow. and they... But that brings me back to it's not all hopeless. I mean, I one lesson True. that I do all the time is the economics of YouTubing. Okay, give it to me. Right. Like all you do is calculate the amount of money you make per like, you know, either subscriber or view. Mm -hmm. Right. And you show that to the kids and then you show that per video and then you show how much work it actually takes to produce enough content to make 
equal to, you know, what a teacher or what a doctor would make. Yeah. And you show that to the kids and they're like, oh, shit. That's still a lot of fucking work, right? (laughs) They're like, okay. So it doesn't it doesn't make it seem like oh you know and then and then you know you bring up popular youtubers right and you show them how their their video views start to decrease right you show them how you know people unsubscribe you show them that it's not there's no longevity in being a youtuber especially because the way it works the crowd that you're marketing towards does this thing called grow up right <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Which so it's, they're gonna do in, in three years, probably in three be years. fucking Pokemon cards and shit. Right. And so it's like you're doing all this maybe for like fifty thousand dollars a year and then you are out of a job in three years. Well kids wake up a little bit more then. You know what I'm saying? Do you do you think that being an effective teacher requires blending reality with uh like fantasy? Or like and the reason I say that is because you have all these kids. I and like you said, not all it's the system's not totally broken to where everybody's a failed everyone's mm-hmm. failed, right? There are yeah. some kids, there are some lesson plans that connect. There are some kids that are still interested in learning. Yeah. And that's we'll wrap it back around, but that's what started this whole idea of doing a podcast together is because you were like, yo, the future's fucked because these kids mm-hmm. dates don't matter to them. They don't give a shit about time. They don't give yeah. a fuck about anything that has longevity or that is yeah. more than in their hand right this second, right now, because that's the culture we live in. Well, Everything's instantaneous. Well, let me go in on that. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Do that. But I have a question for you. Yeah. Yeah. Your, in order to be a fucking effective teacher, mm-hmm. I think back to the teachers I liked and it was always the teachers that, made me feel like we were learning something probably relevant engaging fun obviously you got to have a fun teacher there's all these different marks a teacher has to hit but what you're really doing is you are bringing the world that they see which a lot of times is a fantasy world because they're not they're kids they don't have this connection to reality or these these uh comprehensive life lessons these comprehensive attributes or behaviors that they've developed because they're only 12 or 13 or 14 they're not 30 right they don't have 30 years of trial and error you know, yeah. 10 years of adulthood, you know, 12 years of puberty. They don't have all these things that as adults we have and can kind of take and dissect and learn from. Yeah. They're these kids that are kind of learning in the moment and developing in the moment, right? Yeah. yeah. So do you think the effective way of reaching them is taking that fantasy, the idea of being a YouTuber or an entrepreneur or getting a Bitcoin or an NFT yeah. and then blending it with reality and going, hey, listen, yeah, you could be a YouTuber. But first of all, you need to have a crazy work ethic and a realistic approach. Let me give you that approach, and then let's focus on what a work ethic is. Oh, what are your grades? A C? Ah, you don't fucking have a work ethic. (laughs) This is what a work ethic is. Oh, you realize it's going to take you 50 hours to do your first video? Oh, and you got to do one every single fucking week, and 50 hours is a normal work week, and you don't even want to fucking work? Oh, it's not going to, you know, and then you're like, oh, shit, okay, you're connecting the dots, you're making them think, you're making them learn, you're engaging their future, you're engaging them in the present. Like, you're giving them these things that are now, hey, are we on the fucking same page? Do you have an idea of what you're going to do? Because you don't have school in two years. You're graduating. Or, hey, you're going into high school. And when you're in high school, your grades actually do matter. Yeah. And this bullshitting and fucking off isn't going to fucking pay off. Yeah. You know? I I mean, I think you're, I think, yeah, you're spot on. I mean, to, to bring it back to actual pedagogy, there's this thing that's been gaining a lot of traction within the field of education called culturally relevant pedagogy. Okay. Right. Um, and culturally relevant pedagogy just means that every lesson, your classroom environment should reflect the students that are in there. 
if you know okay. yeah. you have latin students they need to be learning like and this is not okay you know it's black history month we're going to talk about rosa parks again yeah right this is like every single thing that you learn should be you know at least dipped you know in into their culture right mm-hmm. um like you know they always say as a teacher you want to create windows and mirrors right mm. so yes you do want them to see outside of their culture see you know the representatives in in whatever subject area you're teaching from other cultures but and why it, they're important yeah but it also needs to be reflected why i'm important exactly and why it matters to me exactly yes yes fuck so dude. if you're what talking a concept man well yeah no, <laughs> and you I think mean, that that's not... how the that's how the curriculum should be fucking built no it's not mine i but right? i mean what it, you know uh, yeah whoever it is is fuck, let's yeah. learn it like but, but isn't that how Glo- you think gloria ladsing billings right and you know a lot of the culturally relevant practitioners who've added on to that you know but yeah no no like it's as you know, there's a certain type of identity development and self-awareness that is necessary in order to do that, right? Mm, As that's true. a black educator coming from teaching in a 99% school to teaching in a 95% Latin school, I had to humble myself, right? And not only humble myself, but really uh, empathize with my kids and go, okay, you know, how can I teach a history lesson that embeds not only just the black American context of struggle and slavery and things, but where Latin America was sitting mm-hmm. in this entire struggle, right? You know, what is, uh, you know, neo-indigeneity, right? right? What is, you know, how was colonialism in America, right? In, in, or I should say in the United States, right parallel with the colonialism that happened with the spanish conquistadors right did you know like telling the kids right did you know that two-thirds of the slave trade went through brazil and south america meaning there were more slaves that went through south america than north america Mm. right there is a huge afro-latinx lineage right let's talk about afro-latinx music Right, right right so much is influenced from africa right like you know what i'm saying like um Kumbia is influenced yeah, from yeah, African yeah. rhythms, right? You know, like there's. Were we talking about that? Were we talking about how they just like they discovered some link between like ancestry stuff, where like they were probably hopping back and forth for a while yeah, before, yeah, like yeah. even like they even thought like thousands of years, like and there. I mean, it would only be boats, I'm assuming, but well, similarities you know. in um, a how financial dis- how financial systems developed in particular parts of the world. Mm-hmm. Right, like the Asiatic mm. versus the um, Mayan um, versus the West African financial systems that started within temples are extremely just similar, right? And they only developed in these key parts of the world, so right. people are going, eh, maybe there was some travel back and forth. I mean, but. they've also like this ancient alien shit, but they got the <laughs> inside the pyramids the same type of like hieroglyphics, right? But it's yeah. at times where like these, this culture lived or society lived fucking thousands of years after this one and there was no hopping back and forth like they didn't even know this part of the world existed at that point so how do they have identical hieroglyphics or identical symbols from the most part yeah 
I mean, okay, but back to what we were talking about. Uh, so the culture is mixing, and like you were mentioning Latinx and, and yeah, yeah. African music. And so, yeah, I had to, I had to find a way. Integrating cultures within, yeah. I had to find a way to make them care about black issues right. by also bringing in their own ancestry and their own identity. Right. Why it's, it's important. Yeah. And there's, and it's there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's always there, right? I, you know, I could tell you about, you know, Dutch heritage and just, you know, there are people who study what it is to be black and Dutch. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you can find the link anywhere, right? It's it's omnipresent. Just these, you know, That's why links things exist because there's links, yeah. right? There's a link. There's a, a, like, to get from here to here, there has to be some sort of connective tissue to, like, yeah. for it to exist, right? And there's, obviously, when cultures come together, ones exist, I mean, yeah. ones survive and other ones don't, but you hope that there's the parts that carry on from all of them, right? Or if there is a yeah. sharing of cultures, that the good shit sticks. Yeah. So I, I'll give, I'll try and give a good example of what I'm talking about and kind of hit the point I was talking about with uh, temporal myopia. Yeah, yeah. Right? With the short term. So, yeah. Right. So, you know, one way to build that connection is first to understand deeply and empathize with the communities that you're teaching. Right. Right. And so in order to do that, you have to put yourself in this generation's shoes. So this generation, you know, the upcoming generations and even our generation, right. Um, suffer from, you know, and I won't even say suffer from, we, we experience this thing called temporal myopia, right. Mm -hmm. Well, we're flooded with information in a way that has never been experienced before by any population that's ever lived on earth. Right. Right. Um, it's so much information that, you know, time itself has, you know, shifted the way we experience time, you know, time exists more in information bites. And you know what I'm saying? Like, this isn't the first time time has shifted. Like I'm not making yeah. this shit up. Right. Yeah, this yeah. is, you know, like, there was a there, there was a time period in which you know we told time using the planet yeah right mm -hmm. or or even I mean, animals the gregorian calendar is yeah. how many old you can go back to when that started and when we fucking started shifting shit and, yeah yeah and, and then we kind of you know digitized time the first time with like clocks and analog systems that's what tripped me out when you brought that <laughs> up and then how that correlated with the uh, like potential progression of economies and shit i was like oh no digital shit <laughs> this whole world yeah yeah right, right? And, and then i mean which obviously relates to like the cyclical nature of you know money itself mm -hmm. right but so, you know, after we digitized using the analog clock, now we've kind of almost synchronized and digitized using, you know, cell phones and, mm -hmm. you know, Wi-Fi towers. And, you know, so the, the, the way information and technology has been created has shifted the way we view time. So time now is just very, it's, it's very, um, how do you put it? Um, you know, what did I say? Um, here this week, gone the next. Yeah, yeah. Is that a, is that did I, did I say uh, that right? Do you? I mean, that's a definitely a saying. I'm pretty sure. Here. Sorry, but but let me let me let me make the final connection, which is which is that you have to understand this concept of time in order to be able to address it appropriately in the context of a lesson, right? Like. You uh, know, okay, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that's how the kiddos are, you know, living, 
right? right it's how they right. experience time. Well, can you give me an example? Like, yeah. what's something you would do to draw this correlation between? Uh, yeah, great, thank you. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, lessons need to have 15 minute chunks. Okay. Right. So the kids get like 15 minute, you know, bites of whatever they're doing. Right. All right. And you jump. So you have three different things they're doing and at 15 minute intervals. Right. Um, you do what's called stations. Right. right? Which means there are different tasks. Right. Uh, All the tasks are, you know, relevant. And instead of one new thing to learn every day, you have three or four things that they learn every day continuously. So it's like a, <laughs> instead yeah. of instead of one linear progressive lesson mm-hmm. where you had to be here Monday to get what's on Tuesday. Right. You had to be here Monday and Tuesday to get what's on Wednesday. Right, right, right. Right. You have yep. a, a little chunk of each of those lessons, you know, so you have four different chunks. Monday you do the same chunk again, Tuesday you do that same chunk again, Wednesday. Yeah, then it's like maybe, a jujitsu lesson plan. Yeah. Hey, this week we're gonna do card passing. Exactly. Monday we're gonna learn. Okay, uh, hands on the hips, rotate the rotate your hips, right? And yeah. we're gonna practice that. Hey, remember yesterday when we learned the rotation of the hips and your hand on their hips? Hey, cool. Now we're gonna break the leg and we're gonna pass. We're gonna knee 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 slice or whatever knee yeah. slice pass. Or we can go this way. But all week it was the one series of things. Yeah. Okay, I get what you're saying. Well, that's a linear. That's the linear progression, right? Right. I'm saying something a little bit different. Okay. It's like, you know, this week we're going to do like, you know, our frame on the hip, right? We're going to do um, a little bit of 50-50. Okay. We're going to do a little bit of mount escape. Okay. And we're going to do a little bit of, you know, a guillotine submission. Okay. For drastically different things because I'm keeping your attention with... Right, I don't have to. Okay, you're right. You're right. I don't have to remember what we did Monday, the first step to correlate what's happening Friday, the last step. Exactly. Ah, okay, okay, okay. And I do that. You do that every day that week, and then the next week, you you move from the hip escape to what will come after the hip escape. You move from, you know, you know. Okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you get what I'm yep, saying? Yep, yep, yep. So, the so linear... every Monday is going to correlate. Every Tuesday will correlate. Every Wednesday will correlate. But the... okay, I get what you're saying. Exactly. Oh, okay. All right. And it builds on it that way because instead of this one linear lesson that just is like it's dragging, yep. you you get hot, you get flashes mm-hmm. of, of mm-hmm. different things over and over and over. Only again. certain things stick. Other shit doesn't. Yep. It's, it's, and it and it loops back to how we talked about people learning in the beginning which is that you don't learn the first time and your lessons wow. should never assume that people learn things the first time they get it because that's not good teaching or the same way or the same or way or the same way yeah yeah you get Fun. what i'm saying that makes sense man right. and so and real quick uh, yeah. y2k was a was a culmination of the, those fears of where yeah. time wasn't going to be correlated anymore right cuz yeah. like you said yeah. when we went digitized now every hey we all know that central time over here is going to equal east coast time west coast yeah. time whatever right yeah. because we're digitized and shit we plug shit in it gets to the time yeah what happens if some weird crazy interdimension shit happens and time shifts like 5 seconds or some crazy thing right or like <laughs> yeah but anyways yeah to wait Back to your point of uh, teaching. I mean, yeah, of course, that's how you're effective, man. It makes sense. You gotta, you have to, 
just like you said, the economy kind of followed this digitization of time. Yeah. You know, well, we're learning information in a different capacity than we learned information 10, 20 yeah. years ago, man. Yeah. You know, we were well, fucking, could you imagine if we had smart, I could, I don't even know what my life would be like if I had a smartphone in high school right now. Yeah. I don't even know what my world would have fucking been like had yeah. I had that kind of access while I was at school all the fucking time. Yeah. What are you fucking talking about, bro? Well, I don't mm-hmm. even know what that would world would be like. I can only imagine what it's like now with X amount of shit going on outside of the world that we're now being exposed to, right? When I mean, we I watched 9-11 on a, on a school TV. Yeah. We were locked onto the TV for like three days and then they were like, hey, we can't have the kids locked to the TV with this shit anymore because yeah. we're not learning anything. It's going fucking kind of weird. Now we've got it in our fucking pocket. Yeah. You've got to shift how we're trying to teach people. I mean, yeah. the attention span of the human of the human being is probably being altered in a way with the way that now information is digitized in in our fucking pockets and instantaneous yeah. constantly. Yeah. How much we're exposed to um it's it's Yeah, the type of information we're exposed to. You could literally look up anything you want in the matter of a second because yeah. it's in your hand and that that is a far different world than needing to go to a library and get a book and spend some time yeah. figuring some shit out or studying something. Yeah. You know? There's, you know, searching um, for resources and then the right resource and who yeah. knows what. There's there's no there's literally no need for it in in the the students' minds, right? No need for um, you know, well, I guess I just kind of had a little conversation in my head. There, there's no need for students to remember, right? Oh, right. This is the date thing, right? What got this whole conversation started is you were like, "Yo, kids don't, kids don't think about dates how we did." And I was like, "What do you mean?" And you're like, "I'll give them a due date, and it doesn't register because everything's on their phone instantaneously. They don't have to think of like what a week out is. Oh, or yeah, like yeah. Like what a fucking time frame of something is because it's just they look at their phone every day. They don't know what the 14th is. Yeah. What I just look at it and it's today. Or like planning, right? Like you know, kids don't know what it looks like to have to, you know, man, I I can only use the library on this date. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I have to plan ahead, right? It is literally, oh, okay. If this, you know, like, let's say um, they have a, a PowerPoint assignment that's due, and they don't have their computer, you know, how can I get it done? It's to them, it's impossible. There's no way they're going to get it done because they just their concept of planning and and you know, constructing time in their head and segmenting it, right, is different. It's like, and you can say, no, it's the same, but no, it's not, right? You know, like... I completely agree with you, and I believe you because you're fucking experiencing it firsthand. (laughs) But I also think that there's fucking people my age that have that same issue because I know people that don't know what the concept of a fucking bus is. (laughs) Like, I remember having to fucking get rides and take buses and do shit to try to get from A to B. And, like, I think there's still people my age nowadays that are like, I can't have a job. How am I going to get there? I don't have a car. Uh, Public transportation you know like problem i think that's people that are maybe you're in like a helpless thing but yeah. as a kid you know helplessness maybe not right you only know your behaviors and your experiences at 12 yeah. and 13 again you know you may not have a learned helplessness yeah but yeah no like um a lot of kids don't know how to read um like you know wall clocks oh yeah you were telling me that yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. cursive right you're like yeah. what's fucks kids are like what's cursive yeah what you is know. this <laughs> there's again there's temporal myopia man right the 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 kids are you know um 
the future just doesn't exist to them. And that is the best way to put it, right? You know, um, the structures that are, you know, that linear, like that, that linearly progress, you know, that create a future don't exist. There's no linearity in the way that they think about time and things, right? Is it just that access, that digitization and that access to information that we were talking about? Or do you think it's the shit that they're absorbing, like the media? I mean, because what's the big issue now? Climate change, right? They all think the future's fucked. They all think we're not going to have a planet. We're yeah. all trying to get to other planets. Or, we're all trying to leave. Like, could you imagine growing up right now yeah. and people are trying to leave the planet? Yeah. And you're like, yo, what? People are just yeah. trying to leave? Yeah. And what happened to like it being, there's no concept of trying to preserve something when ever since you were little, people have been wanting to leave it. Why are we trying to preserve something when I only know people want to leave? Why don't we just leave? Why don't we just get out of here and go when that's all anybody's wanted? All the structures that have legitimacy in our society. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Politics are are being questioned. You're you're talking about people questioning educators. They're questioning scientists, politicians, people of authority. Police. Everything. Religion. Everything's everything's under the gun right now. Nobody was talking about abolishing the police when I was growing up. You know? That was not even kids were coming to school. You know, cops were coming to school. Yeah. Cops were coming to school and talking to us. We'd be like, concept. "Hey, here's why it, being cops cool." Riverside, you know, looking. Like the, when I, yeah, there's like a whole. Hey, cops are awesome. When you see a cop, say what's up, say hi. Yeah. You know, they engage with the community for what it was worth. You know. Yeah. What? And I have several friends that became cops in the town that we grew up in and lived in. Yeah. You know, several from my grade alone. Like. Yeah. No, never, 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 ever, ever. I mean. Don't get me wrong. But when people, we were growing up, people we said, also fuck the police. But absolutely they, right. They never would have thought that they had the like institutional Power authority to you fucking know. disband them. Yeah, you know, or the or or yeah, or that the fucking yeah cops are in this. You know, I mean, they're just cops. Like they're not in. They're unfortunately the enforcers that are put out there to uphold these stupid laws people are writing right yeah. and those people that are writing the laws are sitting behind a desk fucking cherry picking shit yeah the, their whole careers and doing stupid things right yeah but i mean and then one thing i think we haven't really touched on a little bit but that also kind of relates to this theory of temporal myopia is the idea of post-modernity right like you know that. you know post-modernity is the concept that you know we are past the philosophical modern you know tradition in which you know a philosophy has like you know well i don't actually i don't want to misquote this can we can we look this up yeah, real yeah. quick post-modernity you said yeah well yes yeah post-modernity um is it... i feel like i'm gonna butcher it and it okay. it, it really relates to you All know right, like the the floatiness of society right now the the non-groundedness right like but let me not let me not speak too far outside of i mean it's just okay give me a second yeah what's it saying i mean post uh okay so Postmodernity is the economic or cultural state or condition of society which is said to exist after modernity i don't know why modernity Modernity. there you go fucking wrong emphasis on the syllable uh some schools of thought hold that modernity ended in the late 20th century in the 1980s early 1990s and that it was replaced by post-modernity still other word extend modernity to cover the developments notated by post-modernity while some believe that modernity ended sometime okay 
I'm not getting a concept of what it is, so just yeah. give me a second. Uses of the term. Uh, it is the state or condition of being postmodern after or in reaction to that which is modern. Oh, as in postmodern, yada yada. Maybe maybe look up modernity. Like, I'm trying to put like a stake in the ground to make sure I'm not like yeah, yeah, yeah. talking. Yeah, keep out, going. You're good. You're good. You're good. You know. <laughs> Yeah, this is going into like what it is like not it's expecting me to already know what fucking modernity is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I know it's modern, but modern what? It's man, it's like uh it's the like quality a- or condition of being modern. Uh okay, so let me real quick. The way you're explaining it, and this is a dumb person talking right now. Um, the way you're explaining it kinda seems like the modern philosophies of let's say uh, you know, hey, we're here to have the human race progress as like uh, as a as so, a being. So progress is definitely a tenet of modernity, right? We have right. to because that's what keeps us modern is progress, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, um, all right, modernity, a topic in the humanities and social sciences, is both a historical period and the ensemble of particular social cultural norms, attitudes, or practices that arose in the wake of the Renaissance, the Age of Reason, and then yeah. it kind of goes in as like each each uh time frame is gonna like this gives me a graph uh that says modernity time space objectives and values and then post-modernity like for example time in modernity would be leisure versus work dualism the use of a stopwatch for sport play is comp is compartmentalized into periods of fresh air between learning in post-modernity the value of slowness instead of speed quiet areas are introduced learning is informal or incidental the outdoor yeah. classroom yeah yeah yeah. so you're basically breaking away from like the modern yeah so space and modernity would be schoolyard design all the all the i think therefore i am philosophers that came okay. from modernity right like, and this is actually from a school perspective it seems like so for space it says schoolyard design like barracks yeah spaces are specialized coordination to age the carnival is repressed or ignored yeah, well, like, I remember writing this whole essay in my master's program about, like, the need for postmodern structures, like architect. Right. Right? Yeah. Like, if you've ever seen postmodern architect, it's just, like, it's like the Sydney Opera House. Yeah. It's just architect that doesn't make any fucking sense. Right. right? So, it's, it's it, the, the architect It's not itself, a box that fits the levels and rooms, and we can maximize space by having X amount of rooms on this floor and this floor and equal. Everything's yeah. equal. Same square footage, same space, same this. It's the opposite of that. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, the... The norms, so to speak. The function of the building is, you know challenged in the very architecture of it a glass house would be something considered postmodern because it's a glass house right now take that shit and apply it to like philosophy and that's (laughs) yeah you know what i'm saying so like like when you think of um like i I love that you actually brought up progress earlier i wish i would have been thinking progress is one of the tenets of of modernity right it's one of those hidden hegemonic things within modernity that Everything is supposed to be some, you know, progression towards right. getting better, yeah. right? That that even time is linear, right, and not cyclical. That's like right? a that's like a weird not to throw you off, but that's like a yeah. weird progress or growth or yeah. expansion is like a weird. Uh, I, don't, I wouldn't call it philosophical, but like the Big Bang. At first, there was nothing, and then there was progress. Yeah. Like it never stops. Once yeah. time started, pr- progress is all there is. Basically, we evolve. Yeah the strong survive yeah uh you know the 
again, what strong carries on, whatever, right? Yeah. The survival of the fittest kind of thing. Like it's, it's, that is what time is. Essentially, it's yeah. progress. It's just the forward momentum can't be stopped. There's no yeah. turning it back. It's just forward, forward, forward. Yeah. And post modernity challenges that hardcore, right? And these kids are growing up in a postmodern world, right? They're, they're growing up where, you know, that that structure of progress is being challenged and man you know i definitely grew up thinking that like my the the purpose of my life was just to get better and better and better and better and better right what does it look like when no one teaches that right or like i mean not that it should like you know what i'm saying not that it should be taught but what does it look like when that isn't mm. when that isn't the foundation of learning yeah yeah when, yeah, yeah because i would argue what? that there's power in you know, the acceptance that comes with not wanting to always be better, right? That, you know, sometimes you just create cool shit. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. Sometimes it's random, right? You know, like, don't get me wrong. There's some definite, like, setbacks, too. There's some definite strong setbacks that I feel like as an educator, that's your job to kind of fill those gaps, right? To realize that there's, like, a hidden nihilism, that you know when this kind of postmodern look doesn't actually have any kind of self-awareness to it right mm. like that this postmodern world that they're living in with no self-awareness is just nihilism right it's just nothing fucking Dude, matters nihilism is something that <laughs> i mean I, I feel like I had a shit ton of friends that were nihilistic in high school. I'm nihilist, bro. Like, especially yeah. in the black metal metal scene. I'm yeah. nihilist. <laughs> okay, bro. Like, Great. You're also fucking 16 and what the fuck <laughs> you're talking about. But yeah. but it, when I was like 16, it's like, oh, cool, bro. Yeah, you know, yeah nothing does matter, bro. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> fuck it. Uh, flip my hair. And, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so, uh, fuck that. Threw me off that text message. Uh, nothing matter flip your hair yeah uh nihilism uh what i was gonna say it was like it had to do with the modernity thing um we talked about postmodern uh yeah so so the idea that and it 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 makes sense for there to be i guess an objection against modernity or like the modern idea of things yeah i was in a uh behavioral developmental class Mm -hmm. uh and like a studies developmental class, right? And they were talking about how there's, uh, or like as of 2018, I guess, 2019, there is a push in the education system to kind of reform how the education is delivered. Yeah. And they're talking about oh, yeah. uh, separating genders is like a thing. Like females should grow up and learn in a female environment all the way pretty much through puberty mm-hmm. until they hit like 15 16 later years of high school and of then they can congregate up. yeah with with male students right and you kind of already hit this peak because what they're pointing to is when you're fucking got a bunch of 12 13 year olds going through puberty and they're all fucking horny and then you shove them in a class together that's 30 feet by 30 feet and they're fucking sitting right next to each other and they're able to pass notes <clears throat> and all the other shit that they're doing and i mean we experience this as kids right yeah like yeah bro up and but I got decent grades, you know, I graduated. I wasn't in fear of not graduating, but like there was a majority of my learning and education towards middle school and high school that was yeah. clearly just because girls were going to be in the class and like that's around, you know, that's actually still, I think within the realms of modernity. Um, 
Well, right, yeah. but oh, so you think separating the classes would be considered that, right? Yeah, like because you know that that rides the a gender gender norm, and also there's some weird just Freudian psychology that even when like the progression of things is to more integration, more blending and more mixing like uh, right it's all equal rights and equal you know sh- everybody's we're getting this big equality message currently i mean even though it's two different things right it's development versus it's how people develop versus well you know like access everybody's getting the same access but it's just a matter of conjoining the two once they've hit certain developmental stages i get that i guess it is pretty modern because it's just a way of developing rather than the whole structure of the education itself right yeah you know yeah. it's yeah I mean, it's still same curriculum, same environment, same all this. It's just, yeah, you're a little bit of separation, you know, up until a certain age. I get it. Yeah. And um, there's like, there's some assumptions, right? Uh, one assumption is that like sexuality between boys and girls is, you know, this inherent thing that's going to disrupt education right and i mean there's definitely maybe like there's how do i put it it doesn't it doesn't i'm sure there's kids that are disrupted by it and there's situations where they're not post-modernity would be reteaching what sexuality is oh okay yeah that makes sense yeah, yeah you're you, right. you yeah. get what i'm saying yeah yeah it wouldn't be the approach to the education of it in general not yeah. just the fact that you're getting educated on it in an environment but the actual approach to it what you're learning how you're learning it yeah Okay. Right. which like, could definitely be fucking changed because and i learned yeah. it in california i can only imagine what sex ed classes are out here like man, dude and it's it's all wrong man like, <laughs> like it's all wrong it's all wrong it's all of it i had man i'll tell you one of i had the best conversation with a student um this last semester he's an eighth grader um and we had a talk about platonic love okay right and the conversation just told the lines of, you know, you, you have relationships your entire life. Why do you have to, you know, separate the actions of, you know, because, you know, he had a girlfriend at the time that yeah. was new to him. And he was just, and one of the things he was really asking me was like, man, he's man, Mr. Kennedy. I've been spending so much time with my girlfriend that like, man, I just, you know, my boys I, need me. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like I can't, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And somehow the conversation spiraled into like, well, I mean, those, those relationships have just as much value and she needs to understand that. And, yeah. you know, those are conversations that y'all are going to have to have. And, you know, and he just happens to be a philosophy buff, loves talking about philosophy and Dang, wanting okay. to learn. So I bought him um, The Republic by Plato, and I was just like, well... Damn, dude, look at you. (laughs) This term, platonic love, actually came from this chapter, and that turned into conversations about allegory of the cave and all this other stuff. But, you know, um, that talk, those series of talks that we had about platonic love were the foundation of reteaching what a relationship looks like and it's Mm. not just a relationship it's sexuality and it's you know i'm saying and it's like hey part of your you know being a man is not based on your you know sexual prowess yeah right and that you can have substantial relationships you know you know like you know i'm saying that aren't necessarily 
sexual in nature, you know what I'm saying? But I say that to say that, like, you know, that kind of challenge, you know, and again, that's interpersonal, right? But that same, that same lesson, that same approach can be taken to an institutional level. It can be taken to a structural level in the law, in the way we write law and policy. Right. But it has to have enough understanding, traction to be able to do that. And it seems like the most challenging process because it seems like you would have to make that specific interaction. You would have to replicate that a hundred times before anybody bought in so that it actually working a million times. Right. And are they going to, you don't have people sitting there watching you. You don't have someone going there. Khalil, that was a fucking beautiful interaction, man. You really got to that kid about a relationship. It was something that is so hard for adults to fucking do to kids nowadays. Talk to them about relationships for adults to talk to adults about these things and and to have a real conversation. that's impactful. That changes. So listen, so here's my fucking weird, you know, weird conversation branch that we're going to have. Yeah. Are you afraid that, because, yes, how you taught that kid about platonic relationships is yeah. completely out of the norm of how relationships should, are normally taught. Yeah. They should be taught that way, though. Yeah. They should be taught in almost any way that's relevant and that can resonate with the person that's trying to be taught the lesson, I think. Yeah. Right? Exactly. And you just so happen to connect with them on philosophy because he's yeah. a philosophy buff, right? Yeah. Which goes back to, again, how kids develop, why they develop the way they do, so on Building so connections, building relationships. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. In what world does in what world does the postmodernity, right? Yeah. Change the dynamic of what a man is. Because yeah. you have to explain in that relationship with him the idea of being a man. Hey man, being a, a man is about a certain set of values and a certain set of characteristics yeah. and it's more of just being a man in the romantic aspect of the relationship, right? Yeah. But as the postmodernity takes over and we start reshaping how we learn and why we learn, yeah. our are representations or ideas of certain sexes, certain genders, certain races, are those going to change with the the changing of how we learn, right? Hell yeah. Because then the structures of these certain things are going to come under scrutiny, yeah, yeah. come under debate, you know, yeah. and maybe they do, maybe they don't. Maybe, the, I mean, I, I imagine that, dude, and this is fucking crazy. So yeah. uh, Rebecca's reading this book right now called, uh, I believe it's the, poet versus the goddess or the linguist versus the goddess anyways it's about language Mm -hmm. and how everything for the most part stems from language and the development of it and how we have these different interpretations for different words and how communication derives from language and how laws and how we learn and how we fucking progress all language and how we communicate but there's this there's these identity features to language that have always stuck through time. God, mm. God has always been a male figure, whereas a goddess has always been yeah. the earth. A god is this supernatural. We can't see it all. It's all empower yeah. or uh, it's all powerful and is this imaginary thing almost. Mm-hmm. But is the word when he speaks, we listen. When he says, we do. Yeah. And it's been passed on, and that's what we listen to. Whereas the female voice has always been the nurturing, the nature yeah. of it, the 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 mother nature. It's always been yeah, the caressing. Yeah. The you give us food, you give us shelter, you know, water. You give us these different things that we need. Yeah. And this God is like this imaginary thing, right? Yeah. Authority has always been associated with the male voice, whereas the love and the nurturing has always been the female voice. Yeah. I mean, that's been as long as time. Yeah. Well, I'm going to debunk that. Go for it. Okay. Right. Because, you know, there are such things as matriarchal societies. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. 
um, in which, you know, not only are the powerful goddesses um, represented within the religions and I'll say religions and mythologies mm-hmm. because they're both important within cultures. Um, and that matriarchal figures have, you know, ran villages, households, things of that nature. So um, I would say it's a little Eurocentric to say that it's always been patriarchal and, and male dominant. But it's but not like a. It, that, that I don't want to take to, it from a place to just so I can elaborate on that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. It's not meant to be like, hey, this is why it is. It's more of like a. This is where language has evolved, and this is why certain. Yeah. Uh, this is why they've been interpreted that way because of the language. Not to say that the yeah. language is is the way it has to be, but it's the language is the reason as to why. And there have been the like, so there's a part of it where it talks about how uh, in tribal communities it was the females of the tribes that basically ran the communities. They yeah. were the ones that were in power yeah. over the communities and delegated who did what work and who got what because they were the ones that raised the children. And the children mm-hmm. a lot of times were male children and they would be the ones that would grow up and protect and provide and feed for the society for the uh tribes right but the females were still in the power positions because they were the ones that birthed and raised and so they were given the power and the authority in the the tribes themselves right Mm -hmm. and the language around those tribes derived a lot from they they were very feminine in their language a lot of arts a lot of uh you know music comes from these tribes there was a lot of different ways that they expressed themselves that carried over in like the feminism traits i guess right Mm -hmm. and it all stemmed from like the language and the idea of how the tribes were constructed from previous tribes and previous ancestries yeah and so basically it's just tying the language and where these constructs kind of dive into it it's not saying this is why it's more so saying hey this caused this kind of and it's because of these things yeah. that well i think you can't talk about language without talking about media fair, right fair and media when we talk about media we're talking about like you know the history of print yeah right yeah. and the history of print you know if if you're familiar 1400 printing press right, right. 15th century um, what's it called the uh <clears throat> that goes back to people not being educated people not having access to information because it was is, kept is it the gutenberg press the first printing press i'm not entirely yeah, sure well look, yeah, look it up look i think the it's first G- printing press i think it's the gutenberg press that's um, what i'm looking up right the first one yeah um correct me if i'm wrong but the gutenberg press um printed jonas gutenberg 1440 printed the bible was one of the first things that was ever actually mass printed yeah that was it was martin luther martin luther right he was the one that that, yeah and And so after the 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 you know mass printing of the bible you saw a huge shift towards christianity and catholicism Mm -hmm. on you know in in not only europe but um, in the countries that were advanced but yeah the countries that had the access to get the printing press germany europe yeah yeah yeah, you're right so you know that being that being said man um you also have to look at that as a controlling narrative of language oh yeah 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 yeah. right for sure and so if you know and that's i mean if you talk about just christianity and religion and the power that that has you know to set such a patriarchal foundation for things right you know how many societies prior to you know 1400s were matriarchal how many of those stories were not told 
you know, how many cultures died in that, you know, massive genocide of culture that happened after the press. You know what so I'm check this out. That book, and I'm, I hate to tie yeah. it back to the book, no, right? no, no. but the yeah. only reason yeah. that I'm, I'm, because communication's my aspect, right? The yeah. media and how to formulate and all that, that's where I come in and that's yeah. where me and her are connecting on this kind of stuff. Yeah. So it actually goes through stories in which the Bible was interpreted from. Yeah. So it goes thousands of years before Jesus and talks about a couple of different gods and prophets yeah. that were around, right? Yeah. And how it was interpreted through different linear, yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. that whole thing too, right? And so it breaks down those avenues and that's where that's where it trips me up because when people are talking about when people are talking about I mean what's what are we considering modern, right? What are we considering considering something that's modern now? I mean a hundred years ago wasn't how we were working now, right? Yeah. So the is modernity tied to any specific time frame? Like I know it said that the Renaissance it, period. Yeah. So seventeen hundreds is what it said up until now, right? Okay. Yeah. Fair. Because 1700s is 300 years after you're actually getting mass production of of uh books and right and you know literature is now being mass produced on a scale where it's yeah. not you know so it took say 300 years yeah. right for things to actually come to like a helm and mm-hmm. be considered like modern i would say things have changed more between the 1700s and now which is a 300 year span mm-hmm. than they did between 1400 and 1700. Is that fair to say? Pro- yeah, probably. Right. Yeah. So I can wouldn't assume. you say that from like 1700s to now we've gone through a couple different mo- modernities or a couple different modern eras. We're living in one now. Maybe yeah. it is post modernity, but 1980 going back to 1920 pre world war two, that modern yeah. is different than, you know, 1850 to 1910, right? Like, yeah. Well, I'm, I can only speak to you from what, you know, I've, I've learned. I think, you know, sociology and anthropology both place it with three revolutions, right? It's like the Neolithic Revolution, um, the second, it's like the second agricultural revolution, or maybe, maybe the Industrial Revolution, and then you had like the the third agricultural revolution, which I think they call like maybe the green revolution or something like that. Um, and it's kind of broken into periods, right? Um, the agricultural revolution or the Neolithic revolution was, you know, when fuck we like discovered stones and fire and, or, you know, wheels and fires and shit. You got the agricultural revolution, um, in which the first city started to to form right we learned how to uh one um and uh irrigate Mm. right which means that we can move water from you know systems or move water using systems in order to grow crops agriculture yeah agriculture right yeah and then we're able to form cities around that um and then you had the Industrial Revolution, and then you had a revolution in which um, we were able to essentially modify the world, right, in order to make agriculture even more profitable, right? This is when we had, like, um, fertilizer, right? And we had, um, what do you call it? Um the oh man uh 
it kills off like the weed like you know kills off pesticides the, yeah yeah you, you yeah. have pesticides starting to be created pesticides right? kills pests right insecticides pesticides yeah same thing um a weed killer yeah yeah roundup <laughs> whatever that shit is yeah yeah, yeah. You, know you, you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah, yeah. But, it became industrialized it all of a sudden became we now had a different way of doing business so to speak quote unquote right yeah and then that progresses industry in which we're seeing the uh, obsolescence of industries or obsolescence however you want to say it yeah uh, obsolescence of industry and and uh you know certain technology yeah. right we're seeing uh i mean yeah it's revolutions i guess is what you're calling it right that's what yeah. they are i mean i guess think i think that's how they would separate modernity right into, modern times right you know, through these yeah, like yeah. kind of i mean if we have we we definitely experienced a technological revolution though i would say right now is i mean the industrial revolution was a technological i mean all the right like uh okay maybe digital revolution yeah maybe digital revolution is what we're experiencing with cryptocurrencies and nfts and so the way we exchange data and information i mean instantaneous shit people i get 70 year olds dude like yeah there's two things where i that i stick to where i'm like Man, I I can't really fathom the times that we're living in, but they're fucking weird for sure. Yeah, I took my mom through a drive-through pot shop in California, <laughs> and she's sixty-seven, so yeah. she's like, "This is crazy," and I'm like, "What?" And she's like, "I'm fucking had to hide my weed when I was younger and like could get arrested. Are you kidding me?" And I'm driving through and ordering like, "What is this?" Yeah, and I was like, "Damn, that's a trip. That is a fucking trip." Yeah, I hope I can experience some fucking contrast like that in my lifetime, right? Yeah. Like, it's yeah. fucking weird. Uh, and then people, when I do fucking phone to phone side by side transfers at my work and it's wireless and they're like, yeah, it's transferring all my things. Everything I put in there is going over here and you don't have to plug it into a cable. Old people did. I'm like, oh no, it does it wirelessly. They're just like, what? They just look at me and they're like, what? Oh, here's another thing too. I was listening to, um, an interview, Mm -hmm. I think. And it was this lady and she was talking to her kid and his, her kid was like 10 and she was being all introspective with the fucking kid. And she was like, Hey, what do you think is like, what do you think is going to change in the next 10 to 20 years? Or what do you think this or whatever? And this is a fucking 10 year old. Yeah. And he said that he doesn't think cables are going to exist. Yeah. He under, doesn't understand why cables are a thing. Like why we have to plug our phone in to charge it. Yeah. Why we have to plug headphones in. Yeah. Like why can't everything just be wireless? Yeah. And I'm just like, a fucking 10 year old is asking why shit just can't be wireless all the time and i'm just like why when i was 10 i was like <laughs> when they made the breakaway xbox cable yeah they fucking snapped away when you fucking tripped over it i was like what and then yeah. they made a wireless controller and i was like this is the future i can fucking <laughs> play from like 20 feet away yeah and i don't have to worry like yeah we have to be in some sort of revolution now yeah and it's yeah, it only makes sense that modernity is going to evolve from where we're at now to, I mean, yeah, it's a fucking great. You think it's a? Yeah. I mean, do you think it's bad? No, nah, well, I mean, so uh, like, what? What? What do you? And this is a question I asked you in the in yeah. the lead up, but in the next like 10, 20 years, what do you think these this generation that you're yeah. currently in in touch with and? Yeah. What's the next 20 years looking like, man? Yeah. I'm in the... I, I think we're going through what I've called the, like, Great Awakening. Yeah. Uh, I think... <clears throat> I think we've kind of briefly touched on this, but he, now in 2020, we have more recorded history than we've ever had, detailed-wise. 
Yeah. Right. We do have recorded history in terms of we can go back in books and yada yada. We're learning a bunch of shit. But right now we can go back and see fucking newspaper clippings from 1920. Yeah. We have tangible day after day shit. We can go into a library somewhere and probably get files from 1900 day after day after day information of newspaper yeah. events and things, right? Whereas in 1900, we couldn't do that with 1800. We were just kind of hoping whatever history we were learning, whatever yeah. came across our stuff as information was accurate, right? Yeah. So we now have this collection of information and data that we've never had access to before. And yeah. every day, that collection of data and information keeps compounding. We keep storing more and more and more information at more and more volumes. Yeah. Exponentially, it's probably ticking up, right? And yeah, I mean, phones are coming out with a terabyte of memory built into them. Yeah. That's bananas. Like a terabyte drive is fucking crazy. And so, yeah, if we are constantly on this, this progression that we're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. 2030 is going to be far different than fucking 2020. Yeah. Far and away different. Not to mention all the social and cultural things we're dealing with and all the madness that's going on, right? What do you think 20 years from now is going to look like? Any better, any worse? And it's going to be a lot of the kids that we're teaching now, the 12-year-olds, the 13-year-olds, the 14-year-olds, yeah. that are going to be in the economy, in the business sector, in the finance and personal sector or yeah. professional sector. They're going to be the ones that are going to be getting into politics. They're going to be, you know, and if the trend of getting old white people out of politics is a fucking thing, that's yeah. going to happen, man. Yeah. That over the next 10, 20 years, we're not going to have 67 year old politicians. I yeah. can almost guarantee it. Yeah. Because that shit is going to go to the wayside real quick, especially the more younger people get pissed off. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a good question. Um, As a teacher, though, like, do you have any hope any pessimism any optimism any any idea of Man, where we could or couldn't go wrong or right i'm always a pragmatist what you hope happens i'm always a pragmatist man. okay right. you know like the you know there's a there's a story that you know i'm not going to repeat but mainly because i don't remember how it goes but you know essentially there's a bunch of circumstance that happens to this farmer right and he's always asked the question is this going to be like you must be this must be awful for you. This is terrible. Or this is great. This is good news. And he always goes, perhaps. Right? You know. You don't know. Because you don't know. Um, I could tell you functionally what things are looking like. Right? Functionally, there's a disassociation with, you know, everything. Right? With with tangibility and non-tangibility. There is a there is a literal disassociation. Right? Between tangible goods. what is an actual real thing. Right, like if if I yeah, asked I mean, you NFTs, that's what we're doing. Right? If I asked you what money was when you were a kid, you would tell me what money was. There was no, well, I mean, I could pay you with this tender, and you'd say, okay, I can give you some coins, I can give you some dollars, I have some Fortnite cash. Right, maybe, maybe you had a credit card I mean, or a we debit had camel card. bucks. Right, <laughs> just kidding. But, I just remember being real young, not being able to smoke cigarettes. But anytime I found a like cigarette box, I was like, is that a camel book? But you you were thinking of a physical, tangible thing. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, now um, you have Apple Pay. Right. You have a literal, you know, currency that is, you know, only held in a particular application. Right only used in particular instances and transfers through wireless interaction. There's nothing tangible about that, right? Um, and the crazy thing is, 
in this you know generation they value less tangible things right like i think we were talking about you know the difference between a mortgage mm -hmm. right a uh, mortgage-backed security and a credit default swap right which are three you know financial instruments right all three different levels of abstraction uh, a credit default swap being probably the highest level of abstraction from a physical house. The house is the physical asset. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> a, a mortgage is not even a physical asset. No, 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 no. You're right? just paying on something. Right. right. The house, the land, the property, the actual acre you're on. It's a promise. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's what it is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It technically isn't even yours, I don't think. It's I don't a, think you actually really, like, once the banks go, hey, I want that back, you can't really do yeah, much. It's a legally bonding pinky prom promise, and America has its fingers crossed behind its back. Right. Oh, dude, I, we could go yeah. on a tangent about how we're selling <laughs> actual property to other countries. Oh, yeah. Which is fucking, that's another whole other topic. Though. I mean, yeah, and our parking meters and our turnpikes. But, <laughs> but you know, so. Shit, I didn't know about the parking meters. The, I knew that they were doing bridges dude, and shit. Type in Chicago Parking Meters LLC. I think it's 66% owned by Abu Dhabi and then like oh, owned dude. by some massive amounts of new york high-rise apartments are being bought up by china and, and detroit by middle east dude oh I, I assume it's everywhere but new york's got the story <laughs> on it right now yeah and it's these weird 200 year contracts where or like i i think 200 years is the exaggeration that they use but they're signing yeah. these contracts for like 40 50 years and china owns the building for 40 or 50 years right bro and then come like in 20 or 30 years china will do a renovation well when they do the renovation under these contracts they get it for another 50 years yeah. so every so on they're just renewing and they end up owning it for like 200 yeah. years yeah. and then like conspiracy theorists are going you know what's going to happen is america is going to end up owning owing china money and china is going to redeem by taking their fucking property yeah. and taking their shit and yeah. it's just i know that's conspiracy but that could be it dude we could be sitting there just writing checks that in 30 40, 50, 100 years, we're not going to be able to cash. Yeah. You know, because it's all for the sake of income and revenue now. No. Oh, yeah, we're having infrastructure built. And it's going to be great. We're going to have a fucking new turnpike in the city. China's oh. paying for it. It's going to be fucking great. Temporal myopia, man. China's paying for it. We don't have to worry about it right now. But then they're in the long game. Temporal. Well, that's, yeah. I they're mean, in the fucking long game, son, because they know, yo, in 100 years, that, 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 you're going to have to cash that check, dude. And there, I'm coming for it. There's a, there's a journalist named uh, Matt Taibbi yeah, who's been investigating. Yeah, useful idiots. Yeah, all that yeah, shit. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, okay. Dude, we know. Okay, tight. Are you on his, uh, the new app? The, what is it called? No. Whatever his new app is. You know, they got taken off Rolling Stone, right? Yeah. Him and his chick? Yep. Yeah. Whatever yeah. it is, I, I just, I haven't been really, really yeah. following it as yeah, closely yeah. as probably. But, um, yeah, but I'm with you. But, you know, back to, you know, the, the future generation, man. They, they have, you know, a disassociation. What did Matt, what did you bring up about Matt Taibbi? What did he write? What did he do? Um, he, he wrote the, he wrote an article about the Chicago parking meters. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I that don't got it. Yeah. He might have done the New York thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Potentially, I don't, yeah. But um, he's been investigating that particular thing for a while now. That's um, crazy. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, there, there's not only a disassociation, but there's a, a value. You know, like when you are taught, like there, there, there are particular things and values that are just hegemonic. They're over your head. You value them and you don't know why you value them, right? Like progress, right? Things that are implicit, they're the hidden curriculum in every, you know, teacher. And unless you challenge it yourself, you don't know that you're teaching it. Yeah. You don't know that you're teaching 
you know, that progress is the only way or you don't know that you're teaching, you know, um, to prioritize individualism when you use class dojo. Right. You don't you don't realize that you're teaching that you should only be incentivized for, you know, some benefit to yourself through marginal utility when you use these like little classroom incentivization apps. Right. You don't realize that you're, you know, you're, you're reproducing capitalistic. Seeds. Yeah. You're planting these seeds that are just going to be destructive in the long run. You're yeah. kind of self, you're sabotaging. Yeah. You're sabotaging. You know, I, you know, I have, you know, a teacher I'm a colleague with and I've brought to her attention. She uses candy as a way to incentivize the kiddos and physical, like actual candy. Like, sugar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, which man just sits like, I hate it. Like, you know, I know it's not, it's not that big of a deal, but I hate it because it's so, it's like, not only am I going to incentivize, you know, things that you should, you know, find probably Want to do some, yeah, yeah some type stimulate. of intrinsic, they stimulate you. yeah, you, these are things you should have some type of intrinsic motivation to do, right? Mm. Whether it's like to better yourself or your community, right? Whether it's just, you know, so I learned about that or, or, or about motivation in kids yeah. and motivation doesn't come on until like. I mean, I'm sure it comes on at different stages, but it has to do with this connect to like value and or, or like um, it's a reward system, motivation, right? It, it comes from a reward system, and and knowing that you're gonna re, you're gonna reap a reward that you've experienced at one time or another through uh, success or achieving the goal, right? And that's what keeps you motivated. You know that you're gonna get something in the in the in the end of it, right? Um, fucking where was I going with that? Uh, okay, so kids not being able to be motivated um, intrinsically. Right. So wouldn't you wouldn't the goal there be like you want to stimulate them, right? You want to get them interested. You want to gain their interest in a certain way. You're not doing that by giving them the candy. You're just stimulating them by giving them candy. They're not retaining. Any, they're they're gonna act interested. They're gonna act like they want to learn, but what they really want yeah. is the fucking candy. Yeah. Instead of actually triggering something in them that goes oh hey i should learn this or i do want to learn this or it's resonating or it's relevant to my life right now like you were doing yeah. earlier with your topics and yeah that. i mean that's that's the difference between being a, a educator that uses collectivism versus individualism mm. right um you working can, together to find the answer as opposed to who knows it yeah raising the hand and shit or process driven education in which you know the outcome is not the end goal of learning but the process itself Right. Hmm. Like you want kids to feel as if while they're learning, that is the fun part. Right. 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 It's a process. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Right. Like when kiddos have like when you hear like four or five kids go, Mm. oh, and then they look at each other. Right. And then they're like, and then they connect. And it's like to that is that is collectivism. And leveraging that as a teacher and being able to have a conversation in the moment. You know what I'm saying? Dude, you just you just fully connected with the conversation we were having a second ago because you're not having this access to information instantly takes out all of that feel good, all of yeah. that mo all of that work that goes into Oh yeah. shit, I know that's what you that's what it was. Oh exactly. no, and the oh's and the ah's like yeah. no, hold on, I got it. I'm just gonna look at my phone real quick. Like yeah. And it takes away that entire 
you are. You're learning value in that. You're learning value in learning to begin with. Yeah. But you're also, you're taking away so much about yourself like kids when they actually get an answer right like i, yeah. I remember when i knew an answer and oh i know i know i know and then yeah. fuck yeah i know that knew i knew that answer yeah. right you you it's like kind of getting checked yeah it's like getting checked if you're learning a lot about yourself yeah. when you can learn and be resourceful oh i know how to find this answer because we talked about it and it's over here yeah. or you know it fucking resonates you know even if you don't know it off the top of your head you're given the ability to be resourceful yeah. Look for answers. Yeah. Know how to search for things and be inquisitive and 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 want to learn. Oh, I want to find this answer, so I'm going to be proactive in my approach, and I'm going to go and ask somebody, or I'm going to go and look at this book, or try to find the answer. That's yeah. a, that's a huge quality that people probably aren't teaching is how to, yeah. you know, work towards something or for something. Yeah, I mean every Fuck, every 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 year, <laughs> so man. I you know I this is how I kind of set up, you know. Like, I ask kids this, like, you know, how many people in this class have, like, a brother or sister, right? Um, a lot of kids at, you know, younger ages, middle school age, they have a hard time admitting that they want what's best for themselves, right? Um, and it stems from a lot of reasons, because the self is not even fully formed for them, right? Um you can't you can't love something that's just ever changing that you don't even completely understand. That's just you know that sometimes you hate. That sometimes is the bane of your existence, right? It's, mm. it's hard to 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 want what's best for that sometimes. But it's a di- it's a, it doesn't work. It's like a paradox, or like it doesn't work. It's like a dichotomy. It's yeah. not how it's. But you love something you hate. What do you mean? But two opposite things, Mister Kennedy. But you know your your brothers and sisters, you know come embedded with this thing that's like it's it's potential right you love them because yes you love them but also because of the potential of of who they are and adjacent to you right so i asked them like you know you guys have brothers and sisters and i asked this question to the class you all want what's best for them right to which no one ever is like no no fuck my sister right yeah (laughs) It's like, yeah, dude, these are my, these are my, you know. There's Noah trash, dad. There's Noah trash. Dad. And the way he was just like, is he or what? Am I lying? Is he, am I crazy? Yeah. Like, How bad is that kid going to be? Oh, man. Oh, I love it. I love <laughs> He's it. He's going to be fucked up. I love it. Trash. When he fucking got it the first time. Trash. He was just saying it to him. Yeah. Oh, man. They, they're going to humble him soon. I hope. Give him another two years, and then <laughs> fuck big brother choke slams him, dude. Get over dunking here, dunking on him, <laughs> hanging on the rim. Yeah, but <laughs> who's trash now, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Um, no, you don't, because <laughs> <laughs> because I just randomly said that. But what were we just talking about? Like, um, what's the last thing? Before the Noah's trash. Oh, uh, yeah. Do you want uh, what's oh, best for them? You, yeah. And you don't ever ki- get kids that say no. You you don't. Out, right. And so. Regardless of how annoying they think their brothers and sisters are. That leads to a conversation on. So how do you put yourself in a position in which you're doing what's you're doing right by them? Mm. Right. So it's a conversation that is like, you know, it's like, you know, investing in the body in a fight. You know, it's it. Man. You hit it early, and then when, you know, I always say, like, little Johnny, little Timmy, you know, little Derek, you know what I'm saying, gets into a fight, you know what I'm saying, 
you have that conversation that's prompted and I pull Derek to the hallway and I look him in his eyes and I go, Derek, man, you got a little brother that goes to this school, man. What's going to happen when he sees you fighting? Right? You, you do, you want what's best for you and your community, right? Are you doing what's best for your community right now? Right? And so it makes it real. It makes even the word community yeah, yeah. have some tangibility to it, right? And, and it's then, so much further than like a threat or you're going to get in trouble. Yeah. Or like a... It hits way punished. Like, it, it's it's like that yeah, no. when your dad says he's disappointed. Like, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, and because he, he's not mad. I'm not mad. You're not being punished. Yeah. I just expect better next time. You yeah. know, like, you're and, better than this. Like, fuck. It makes the kids think and it makes their kids connect actions. Like, it's like you ever heard of like, I'm sure you have, but when they get criminals to talk, it's because they're talking in a third person right oh man it's like the fame the most famous one that people use as an example is like the oj simpson case okay where oj wrote writes his book if i did it yeah 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 we all know yeah. right because you did it but okay <laughs> or right? you, had, you paid someone for sure you didn't do it yourself you but know, you paid someone criminals love to recap what they do in the third person because it disassociates themselves from the act right it's like the reverse of that Right. Oh, you know, if I were the killer, I might have sneaked in the you know back door. Mm. And, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you hear, you know, interrogation, you know, um, you know, I had a talk with an old ex of mine. Her, her dad was actually a detective. And we had to talk about this on a bike ride once. It was really cool. Um, really dope guy. Really dope guy. You know, shout what out to, to the chick. Shout out to Officer Officer Holes. Officer Holes, hold up. Fuck your daughter, but you're dope. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyways, <laughs> you were you were the real one, Kennedy. Liked that relationship. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> oh God! On everything I love, but yeah, no, um, yeah. So what did he say? You know, he talked about how one of the things you know people will do in order to get through on an interrogation is you say, well, so if you were the person who did it, well, you know, what would you have done? Tell me, tell me what you would have did. Oh yeah, 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 I get it. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like I don't know, maybe stabbed her in the chest rather than fucking. There you go, right? Oh shit! What's up? Oh really? You done what? So you would have. You would have. You know. I mean, false confessions. That's a fucking thing, right? The, yeah. Uh, fucking. I've been reading on the Innocence Project, son, and like oh, all the new dude. true crime shit that's coming out is I, people getting fucking shit reversed. I have a friend who works who works for it in Kansas City. Yeah. Yeah, in oh, Kansas City. Yeah. Dope. Dude. Link you up with him. Hell yeah, Great dude. dude. That would be fucking dope. Yeah. Damn, bro, they're. They're coming after people. They're coming after the system. Good. And that's fucking great. Yo, yeah, yeah dude, because fuck, come on. But, come on, son. How many, do we need another story of some corrupt shit? No, we don't. So, so when I do get kids kind of talking in the third person in a sense, you know, what, what, you know, what are you going to do? Taking that outside perspective and looking at themselves, kind of. Yeah. What are you going to do when your brother gets into a fight, Derek? Mm-hmm. Mm. Are you, are you going to be able to tell him? don't do that is he going to be able to even look you in the eyes and believe a word you say right damn okay you're real thank thank god we had this conversation Derek. next time let's make a decision that involves our community right and it becomes a thread man it becomes a thread you know what i'm saying and you don't use it on everything right you don't yeah you know Derek yells out in class you're like Derek, what if your brother's hate (laughs) (laughs) right you know, like, you know, because that's a part of his community. Like, you know, maybe that's how you communicate. Maybe he's the jokester or yeah. the fucking, yeah, the loud exactly. one. Yeah, and then yeah. they need to be valued just yeah. as much as anyone else in the community. But, 
but that is much more of a powerful incentivization system than you know hey here's some candy dude we're gonna get this is gonna go on for fucking way too long we're already at two hours and i feel like this is but i mean we're we're becoming so corrosive as communities no aren't we just interior like we're uh, we're 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 internally just combusting man it's communities we're fucking i see that i mean it's yeah. all media the media is that's a, also another topic that we can get into and yeah something i did recently talk about but we we're taking in especially kids yeah i think a lot of days a lot of times uh nowadays think that they're just absorbing whatever media they're on their phones constantly but they're absorbing what i narrowed down as like two different things either yeah. influences or distractions yeah and sometimes we're influencing let's say a podcast or the yeah. news we think it's something that's uh meant to be informative or positive or, or positive let's say it is the 24-hour yeah. news cycle let's say we're on fox or cnn right yeah, yeah. but how are the stories constructed negative story negative story negative story negative story positive story Negative story, negative story, positive story. Yeah. Negative, 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 positive. There's a sprinkles of positive in and out within this negative 24-hour news cycle. Yeah. And I think that perpetuates within people where they go out and they expect negative, 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 negative. And they get the one person that maybe says a nice thing to them, says hi to them, maybe has a, a we have a jolly exchange. Yeah. Hey, how are you? And we go about our day, right? Yeah. But it's we're getting fed this constant idea that... It's like real bleak, real bleak, real bleak, real bleak, real bleak, <laughs> spike of good shit. Real bleak, real bleak, real bleak, spike of good shit. And yeah. when we're put in front of each other in our communities, I feel that that also perpetuates. Yeah. You know, and now yeah. we're getting, I mean, we can go down the list, man. School shootings, fucking mosques getting shot up. Churches here, we're dealing with shit. We're dealing with fucking Nazi flags and shit off of fucking far west over here. And the mosque that just got lit on fire in town. And, yeah, you know, all over the place, people are dealing with shit. And, like, we're the met, what you're saying very loudly is, hey, yeah, we can reach these kids through this community as- aspect. Collectivism yeah. also, yeah, yeah, right? And, you know, caring a little bit more maybe about who they are as they develop and yeah. showing that to them. Yeah. And in hopes they can enrich their community and take that message. And then as they become adults, I feel like as adults, we're just being bombarded with fuck your community. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, no, I mean, not fuck your community, but yeah. why would you go out of your way to help someone yeah. unnecessarily? Or why would you go out of your way to, you know, take yeah. that extra step towards maybe building something or mending something or creating something for the community that in the long run will have an effect, right? Just because it doesn't have an instantaneous gratification for someone or some instantaneous benefit, right? We're not being incentivized to go out and, you know, do you want another beer? No. Yeah. 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 Take a, take a quick, quick break. Yeah. Need a pee or something? No, I'm good. Dude. We're going, it's two hours, I know. Yo, but I mean, if you like, if you want to do like two episodes.